This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that, like Alvaro Morata, is better than Harry Kane. Yes, Alvaro Morata has well and truly arrived. Uh, in only a six match for Chelsea, he's netted his first hat-trick against Stoke this weekend to help Chelsea notch up a somewhat unexpected 4-0 win. It really looks like we've not only bought a striker good enough to replace the departed Diego Costa, but one who is stylish, technically adept and knows where the goal is. It also looks like manager Antonio Conte is building a team with versatility, depth, options and a mix of youth and experience. It's looking good for the title challenge, but can they also do it on a balmy night in Madrid? I am Stamford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is Finding His Feet. And it is, in fact, the 309th edition of the Chelsea Fancast, the Big 400 Looms Large. Now, before we get into any of all of this, it's time to say hello to my partners in crime, who, of course, are Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Was, was that one of your infamous um, death uh, kind of voiceover things, or what? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I do do death well. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Tim, you said 309th. Can you tell everybody it's 398th? Oh, yeah. sorry if my sorry if my intonation was not up to your standards, Jonathan. You know, I'm just an amateur oh, and you, of course, that. are yeah, a professional. Um, we've also got on the show tonight my buddy, Mr. Dan Silver, who was there at the Stoke game. So thankfully we've got a, a, a representative. Uh, good to have you on the show as always, Dan. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back, and I should be here all, all the whole show this time. Well, indeed. Although, uh, you know, there are some things that take a priority, and looking after your lady wife last yeah. time was far more important than uh, wittering on on here. But it's Absolutely. great to have you back so soon. Thanks to you for filling the breach tonight, because yeah. I know that uh, 
the okay. eagle-eared out there among you will know that we were going to have Hion on the show tonight, but uh, lo- the lovely Hion has started university today, and he's got to do a social thing. And uh, any of any of you who've been to university will know how important that is. Can you remember that far back, uh, Clayton? Uh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. It was a memory in black and white, but I can remember that far back. Thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. It's always great to have you <laughs> on here, Clayton. How are, how are you, mate? Yeah, you're good? I'm very, very well. I'm very well. I'm cheered by our superb performance on Saturday and life generally. So, yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Aren't, we, aren't Clayton, we all? It was, it was yes, great fun. What? When oh. you were at university, Clayton, did everybody speak terribly like that all the time? No, mate, I went to poly. I didn't go to uni, I went to poly. It's a university now. They made it a university after I went there, but obviously it was a poly then. Um, Right, now, on the show tonight, we have... I should do a drum roll and and a a whole trumpet voluntary before this. Many have, you know, basically, you know, given me a very hard time over the last few years and said, why don't you do the fannies anymore? Moan, 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 moan. And I, you know, quite politely say, piss off. It's not up to you. But anyway, I have relented because I am all heart. (laughs) I am beneficence defined. So tonight, maybe for one time only, who knows, we have the return of the fannies. Now that means, for those of you who have been living on another planet for the last eight years, uh, back in the old days we used to do our own version of the Match Awards. Uh, which is why they're called the Fannies, because we are the Chelsea fan cast. We're not being overtly rude. It just sent, you know, if you can have Oscars, you can have Fannies. That was our logic. Basically, we have a, a vote on Man of the Match, uh, the chant or song, as Gary on Twitter uh, basically uh, ribbed me about. Uh, chant of the Match. We'll stick to Chant of the Match for now. And uh, we also have something called a Guinness and a Celery moment. The Guinness moment being a moment of sublime skill that kind of in a slightly sexual way would make you go ooh at a match you know something like that and of course celery is for anything that was deemed proper chels on or off the pitch or anything to make a fool like me with an odd sense of humor laugh so anyway that will be coming up in a minute uh, in part two uh, we're going to look back at Morata's superb hat trick uh, Alonso's withdrawal Crouch's assault on Fabregas and uh, with Christensen and Rudiger replacing Louise and Cahill in a very impressive win. Have we had a glimpse of Chelsea's future? Well, we shall see. Now, in part three, uh, it would be very remiss of us not to look back at a fantastic uh, League Cup tie against Nottingham Forest last week. And, of course, we're going to look forward to the Champions League game against Atletico Madrid this Wednesday, which is going to be another cracking match, I reckon, one way or t'other. Um, now, part four, to wrap it all up, as we always do, uh, we've got the lovely Jonathan reading some fantastically top emails from places as diverse as St. Lucia in the Caribbean, South Africa, Israel and England. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler which you will find at mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And of course, if you do that, you can join in uh, all the people who are chatting to each other and posting on the uh, kind of posting page that comes with it. Um, incidentally, you can, um, you know, you can access uh, Mixler very easy. I've got, I've got a live embedded player on the website, which we put on, uh, you know, when I, when I kind of like do a blog saying what's going to be on the show, you'll find it at the bottom of there. So it's really easy to find. You have no excuses. It's lots of fun. 
And uh, like uh, like many of the people who are in there tonight, including if she don't come, Yarin Levy, the lovely Matt Jazz, Praj, Benny the Blue, Jacaranda Chick, to name but a few, they're all having a great conversation with themselves and quite rightly ignoring everything we say. Now, in a second, uh, we will be back to talk fannies. So, I, I mean, you know, I know I was excited about it in the introduction, but quite right too. People love the fannies. They absolutely love them, desperately, and uh, I can understand why. So the first thing I really, you know, very quickly we want to talk about is uh, the most important thing, which is the man of the match. Now, uh, I'd be amazed if, if we are not all in agreement with this, but the, the, the nominations were chaps, Maratta, Aspilicueta and Christensen, and frankly... If this is not a shoe in for Maratta, then we should give up doing this show. Jonathan, I'll get, give you first dabs on this. Uh, well, Chidge, it should be Maratta, Maratta, and Maratta. <laughs> Indeed. Rather than having anybody else, because he was completely wonderful. And uh, I'm in love with him now. So uh, that's all I have to say. Wonderful. Great skill. It's not actually. Great skill. Um, uh, I love the way he's now holding the ball up better than he has been. Um, really speedy, uh, it, it just just really intelligent, very intelligent player. Looks to be a very modest player as well. No leaping about and showboating. Um, uh, I love the fact that Dave is involved with uh, creating the chances for him. And they, they are clearly, uh, they get on very well because Dave is always the first to embrace him. Um, but the Spanish connection is working absolutely superbly, um, and yeah, uh, Maratta is being being helped by that. But he is uh, he's a really class act, and uh, I've got some alternative chants for him. I'd like to share with everybody later, if that's okay. okay. You have my permission to do that as long as you sing them, and we have to name me, Clayton, and Dan have to name the style in which you have to sing them, and you have to hold hold to that. All right. I'm very happy with that indeed. I thought you might be. I thought you might be. Right, so, I mean, Jonathan's basically, you know, nailed his colours to the mask, gents. Dan, I mean, you know, do we really look need to look any further than Maratta, or should we at least... I think, you know, I, I kind of gave a nod to Aspie because he, he came up with a couple of superb assisters, assisters, assists, played in two positions, and I also <laughs> thought Christensen was superb. Again, you know, really measured and mature display, but it's got to be Morata. It was a fantastic display by by the Spanish striker, wasn't it, mate? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he could have had four or five goals. He was absolutely brilliant. His movement, his pace, his finishing, it was just a terrific all-round performance. But, you know, credit to Aspi. He was his normal nine out of ten. He was brilliant. And I thought, as you say, Christensen looked like he'd been playing for Chelsea for years. He was solid. He read the game really well. Never panicked. Any, you know, one or two touches every time. I thought it was a, a great team performance. But Morata absolutely stole, you know, rightly stole the headlines mm. for a phenomenal yeah. striking performance and at a tough place to go and to get goals. Yeah, we'd be mugs not to give it to him, wouldn't we, Clayton? 
Well, there, there is no alternative. Anybody scores a hat-trick in a 4-0 win and give it to somebody else would be a bit strange. He was fantastic. I can't really add a lot more to what the boys said. Um, it was just a pleasure. It was just a, it, it was just good to see a forward that, that is so fluent, powerful, um, and just a joy to watch, to be perfectly honest. And he looks so good. Well, you'll all be delighted to know that in the uh, beginning of part two, coming up shortly, we will be going absolutely mental on how wonderful and how much of our how much our man love is for Alvaro Morata. So uh, keep your powder dry. Um, now the official results. Well, I say official because we we as you know, people who remember this slot from the past will know that this is a chidocracy. So I have the casting vote. Should it be needed? Should I need to punish any utter stupidity in the voting choices? You know. Uh, largely because I've obviously phoned up uh, Vladimir Putin and got him to hack the vote, you know. But no, I haven't really. Um, the, the results are as follows. In reverse order, we have 12% for Aspilicueta. We have 15% for Andreas Christensen. And of course, duh, 73% for Alvaro Morata. Uh, much, much deserved, I think. So, on to the next one, which of course is ye old chant of the match. And I did get a bit of grief from Gary, as I said on... Uh, Twitter early on, who thinks it should be called Songs. And then the lovely Oxford drinking machine, also known as Pete, said, uh, well, actually, it can be a chant or a song, depending on what it is. And it's amazing what people will argue about on Twitter, frankly. But anyway, the choices are these. Jonathan, are you prepared to sing these as I, uh, after I call them out? Yes, I'd love to. Yes, 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 of course. Okay, you know, you, you, you okay. know, you know how... Let's see, let's, see, let's see how he does without briefing him. So the first one, of course, is the new... New remix of the Alvo Morata song, uh, cleaned up, sensitised, quite quite right too. Uh, so it's, go on, Jonathan, off you go. Uh, 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 <laughs> 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 I was about to go, he's handsome, he's better than Harry. Alvaro, Alvaro, he comes from sunny Spain. He's better than Harry Kane. It's the F word in there somewhere. Have I missed that up? No, no, no. It's cleaned Harry up. Kane. It's been it's yeah, been no, sanitised beautifully. Few, but uh, I ha- I have to say, in a in a in a Eurovision Chelsea fan cast song contest, so far, Jonathan, you have a nil point. Uh, anyway, the next one is I, I I I have to I have to be honest. This is my favourite. But can you do this one to the tune of Heartbeat, Jonathan? Yes. Marcus, Marcus Alonso runs down the wing for me. Oh, no, no, he's just too much. We never used to get this. I mean, there are people who who were in Mixer a minute ago. They are leaving in drugs. No, that's not true, Jonathan. They're, they're, apart from Chuckles, but Chuckles is very rude. Chuckles is very rude because he's already coated me off for smoking, and now he says, "Jesus!" Now it's the effing X Factor on Mixler. Uh, slightly better than the uh, X Factor, I hope. Chuckles. Oh no, he's got, he's just given you a seven. That's pretty good for him. Anyway, last but by no oh, means thanks, least, this Chuckles. is easy. See, Thank this, you. This this. This is what I would call a chant, Jonathan, the next one. But some may say it's a song. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
All right, all right, all right. Enough. Don't call us. We'll call you. Uh, no, that's brilliant. Um, I that have to charm. say, this is this that is why I wanted to bring them back. We 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 now have somebody who who has no shame and who will sing these songs out to their heart's content, and that's why I love Jonathan Kidd. Right, uh, Dan, you are the only one amongst Gage. us, or, unless I'm cast. Yes. Can I, am I? When can I do my my other alternative, Marcus Alonso's? After we've done the vote. How about that? Okay. Now, Dan, you were the only one in a styly. We'll we'll figure out the styly. Dan, you were the only one, I believe, of all three of us, four of us, in fact, who were there. Uh, So, you know, what's your what's your take on these? Because you would have been singing them, of course. I was indeed. I think the Alvaro song because it was, you know, when it started, I was like, oh no, you know, cringing enough. (laughs) Yeah, I like this. This is good because I was funny enough. I was with the Oxford Drinking Machine. We went together. Um, and we had, you know, we really had a great time singing it, and it was, it was good. You know, I think, I think he, yeah, we sang at the end of the game. He kind of thumbs up, and he was, you know, it's good. It's a new song. It's good. It's clean. Didn't offend anybody, and you know, happy days. Happy days, indeed. Uh, brilliant. So I think you're going for that one, Dan. Is the summation of that, um, Clayton, yeah. dear boy. Yeah. I mean, like, like me. I, I mean, I wonder if you even managed to watch the match. I mean, I struck. I couldn't even get a stream. I had to watch Chelsea TV and Cundy and Tommy Langley and Frank Sinclair wittering on about it, which was entertaining in a strange, surreal sort of way. But uh, what, what do you reckon, Clayton? Um, I watched every single minute of the match. I did manage to get uh, a stream, obviously completely above board and all legal. Um, of course. I'd like to... I, I, I mean, basically, I'm a bit conflicted here because, one, obviously, delighted that there's a new um, Alvaro song. Uh, two, I absolutely love Jonathan's rendition of Marcos Alonso, which I think should win it on its <laughs> very own. And three... Uh, I like I like the fact that we were singing to them that we forgot they were there on on the basis that they're supposed to be such a loud and antagonistic crowd. Yes. I mean, all they ever do is boo. I don't think they ever sing; they just boo. So I'm very torn. I'm going to give it to Jonathan because I just you know I, that, that made my evening to be honest. <laughs> well, can I, I can I can now officially. Well done, Jonathan. I can now officially reveal uh, what the vote on the website uh, was. Uh, in reverse order, we forgot that you were here, which got 16%. Uh, Marcus uh, Alonso runs down the way for me, got 18%. Uh, I think a lot of people were very pleased with the uh, the new Maratta song, so that got 66%. I have to be honest, much as I love uh, the uh, reversioned Maratta song, I, I personally voted for the Marcus song because I think it's really unique and and i like that it's different it's a bit like the Williams song you know we, we've come up with a great song for a lovely player and i and i just think it's great it's a great one to get going there was some great footage actually i think it might have been dan that put it up or maybe somebody else i don't know but um there was some great footage of uh, people seeing the marcus alonso song so there we go so that's that so uh he comes from sunny spain he's better than hurricane gets the uh, gets to be number one jonathan very quickly um you've got your new songs boys clayton and dan what style would you like him to sing in just to upset Chuckles some more. <laughs> Grime. Like it. Like Grime. it. Can you do better than, can you do better than that, Clayton? Vaudeville. An old, old style okay. vaudeville. Okay, one in Grime and one in old style vaudeville. Uh, there, are, there are seven. Um, okay. Oh, you seven. can't have seven. We haven't got enough time yeah, but, tonight. You can do two. Yeah, I'll do them, you I'll can do do them two. very quickly. Presume it's... No, 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 no. Presume it's Alvaro. Okay. Alvaro. Ah! Alvaro, ah, I presume it's that. Um, his <laughs> wife is called Alice. 
His wife is called Alice. He loves to take the piss. That's one. Another one. He's brilliant with his head. I've heard he's great in bed. He comes to Real Madrid. His nickname could be Sid. He comes to Real Madrid. He's really very good. He comes to Real Madrid. He costs 70 million quid. He comes from sunny Spain. Unlike Christensen, he's not a Dane. He comes from sunny Spain. Oh, look, he scored again. And now we get some, some silly ones. Um, Sorry, some silly what, ones. Silly now. ones yeah. What was the other style? What was the other style? You Vaudeville. Oh, Vaudeville. Oh, Vaudeville. Vaudeville. Okay, okay. Alvaru, Alvaru, I worship him like a god. I'm such a silly sod. Alvaru, Alvaru, he's brilliant with his head. I've heard he's good in bed. Alvaro, Alvaro, he leaps just like a salmon. Oh, look, I've got a hard on. <laughs> I think a round of applause for the complete nutcase that is Jonathan Kidd. You absolute fruitcake. <laughs> Brilliant. Enough silliness. Uh, right, okay, we've got two. I mean, I, I have to say, Clayton, I'm really mortified to say this, but our listenership doubled during that bit. They must be as mad as he is. Oh, um, anyway, uh, we've got no, two. Yeah, I know. We've got two. I know. I'm afraid so. Uh, apparently, Mark, according to Mark Barfoot, the lovely Mark Barfoot, he needs a sex therapist, and Chuckle says he needs a, uh, he needs help fast. Indeed. Um, anyway, look, we've got two more uh, fannies. One is the Guinness moment. One is the celery moment. Now, to remind you, the Guinness moment is a moment of brilliance. A moment of brilliance on the pitch. So so brilliant that it kind of kind of makes me orgasm and go oh, you know, involuntarily, of course. Uh, and the and the nominations were uh, Asby's uh, Dave's pass for Morata's first goal, brilliant ball over the top, and uh, Morata of course finished it equally brilliantly, I think. Um, second, we've got Fabregas's pass to Asby for uh, Morata's third goal, brilliant build-up play to this. I mean, it was I mean Stoke had gone by then, to be fair, but I thought that vision that Fabregas showed to kind of dink it over the defence and just and, and Asby ran onto it was brilliant. And, of course, last but by no means least, Morata's second goal. I mean, you know, I think Bakayoko won the ball back and it ran to Morata, who pretty much ran from the halfway line, um, leaving defenders in his wake. But for me, the brilliance of it was when he got to the goal, um, he, he, you know, just at the last moment, he just nicked it delicately over the keeper. I thought it was an absolutely superb goal. And hopefully it shows us uh, what kind of striker we've got and uh, of good things to come. Clayton, um, you first, I think. What, what would you like to choose? Uh, Morata's second goal, without a shadow of a doubt. I haven't seen a goal like mm. that scored by a Chelsea player for a long time. Um, obviously, mm. he was speeding against uh, Darren Fletcher, which was uh, not such a difficult thing. But the finish at the end was just ultimately superb. Really loved that goal. Mm. Yeah, I, I absolutely concur. It's definitely what I voted for. Dan, uh, do you concur? 100%, yeah. Just the way he opened his body at the last minute and just a delicate little chip. Yeah, yeah, by a country mile. By a country mile. Jonathan, by a country mile? Uh, indeed, by a country mile. It was the uh, the final, the acceleration uh, past Fletcher, as Clayton uh, said, you don't need to accelerate very quickly past him, but nonetheless, the acceleration. And then he just took one little touch, and it was the little touch that set him up in order to uh, open his body for the right foot chip, which was exquisite. 
a completely fabulous goal for the celery moment and absolutely a wonderful celery moment. I I just leapt out of my seat for complete Guinness phenomenal. Guinness, which of course, is the TV. Sorry, 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 said again. Sorry, <laughs> I was never any good at getting that right, was I ever? Yeah. You know, no, no, no. It's like it's like a reincarnation of Chell Tell almost. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Sorry. All right. Yeah, so wonderful. I think we're we're wonderful. we're all we're all in agreement. It's Morata's goal. And guess what? Guess what? The results are: thirteen uh, percent voted for Dave's pass to Morata. Twenty percent voted for Fabregas's pass to Dave for Morata's third goal. Uh, and sixty-seven percent of the uh, good listening public of the Chelsea fancast voted for Morata's second goal, and they agree with us. Um, what is interesting about that is each Guinness moment uh, involved uh, a Morata goal, which I think is telling. Anyway, last but by no means least, we've got the celery moment for a moment of proper Chelsea-ness or downright silliness or something that made me laugh uh, and giggle or glow with pride. And the nominations were... Uh, as Clayton might might like, actually, because he kind of alluded to this with the "We forgot that you were here," but uh, um, and 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 Dan needs a lot of praise here because we absolutely outsang the Stoke fans uh, on Saturday, and and they're normally a pretty hostile, loud place to visit with that awful Delilah song. Um, but anyway, we outsang them, which is why when they piped up booing, um, they got a round of "We forgot that you were here," so that got a nomination from me. Um, Morata and Thibaut at the end, uh, you know, and I think a lot of players have had a lot of criticism in the past for basically ignoring the away fans, which is disgraceful in my view. But uh, it seems to that it seems to have changed recently. But it, even to the extent where Morata and Thibaut at the end both kind of turned up to the away end and gave their shirts to the fans, which I thought was a a nice gesture and something that I like to see. And then something a weeny bit esoteric. That uh, or idiosyncratic even, that many might not have missed, or many may have missed even, Dan may be able to shed some light on there unless he got a a, a lift with uh, um, Pete on the way back. But uh, on the train back, apparently, a lot of our buddies, who shall remain nameless to protect the guilty, uh, had a right old sing-along in, the, in Coach E. But uh, it was made a bit more hilarious by the fact they were joined by a load of Man City fans, who for some reason were going that way too. And uh, it looked like a, the video footage I've seen of it is a right old knees up. But um, I was swayed in the end by Martin Wickham's brilliant tweet saying how much he enjoyed it and thought it was very funny. And if there's a better, you know, better incident than that in this season, he'll be surprised. So that that got a nomination too. But Jonathan, out of those three, which would you have picked? Um, I'm ignorant about the coachy sing along, so I can't really comment. Um, the uh, I love the Stoke fans being outsung, and so I'm tempted to vote for that. But I really do like the whole process of Morata and Thibaut giving their shirts to the fans. And uh, I like Thibaut giving his shirt to um, the boy at Wembley who was wearing uh, his the same goalkeeper's outfit. So uh, I, I think that should be applauded. And for me, that's a, a fantastic celery moment. Here, here. Uh, Dan, uh, where do you stand on this? Of course, you were there, so you would have been involved in one, possibly two yeah. of them. Well, actually, maybe all of them. No, I mean, the, I mean, outside the Stoke fans, I think there's also a quick rendition of Where's Your Famous Atmosphere as well, which just sort mm. of came back to me. Um, apparently, on the coach as well, there was a Crystal Palace fan on there, and he was singing um, You're Nothing Special, We Lose Every Week, which I thought was quite amusing. But um, <laughs> uh, I think... It's a tough one, actually. I think 
Murata because I Murata and Courtois because Courtois actually picked somebody out of the crowd particularly to give a shirt to somebody, and also um, I think Bakayoko lobbed his shirt into the crowd as well as he was going off as well. So yeah, I think you know mm. play, players interacting. You're going to go for that. My, my vote. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's a lovely touch, and apparently I've seen pictures of them. A few of the others actually, you know, signing a lot of aut- autographs and and stuff like that. It was a lovely picture of uh, Alvaro with a disabled fan. Which was great, and uh, I mean Mark Barfoot saying this too. He says Rudy threw his in as well, and some twat grabbed it straight out of the hand of the mum of a disabled kid at the front. Bad form, yes, very bad form, Mark. I thought that was a happy, a happy post I was about to read there, but it seemed to me that the play, the play, uh, there's, it's interesting, isn't it? I think maybe there's a, there's a change, and I hesitate to say that this is since Mourinho is gone, but uh, the players seem to be, you know, a going to the away fans, recognising their support, as does the manager. But also, lots of things like this I keep hearing, which is all good stuff. Sorry, Clayton, I'm wittering on. Which would which would you go for? Um, I'll, I'll go with the players as well. And 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 it's interesting you you made that comment um, because every time we sign a player these days, um, there is something that gets said about how nice they are as people. And I, I think this is very much down to the manager who's just trying to, to build a squad of, of good blokes because good blokes mm. all work for each other. And um, it's it seems to be what he's doing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that as well. Excellent stuff. Well, um, you are all very clever um, because uh, the great people who, uh, you know, go into the Chelsea Fancast website have voted thusly. 8% for outsinging the Stoke fans. 25% for the Coach E sing-along, so clearly a lot of people got to know about that. I'm surprised by that. But uh, last but by no means least, again, uh, Maratta and Tebow giving their shirts to the fans got 67%. So that is the winner for the salary moment this week. And long may it continue. Right, we've got to go because we're kind of outstanding our welcome in part one. But after the break, uh, we're going to look back at Maratta's superb hat-trick. Uh, we'll talk about Alonso getting pulled, uh, possibly a good move by the manager. Uh, Crouch's assault on Fabregas, which of course went completely uh, unpunt. Well, you know, it should have been a red, really, shouldn't it? Uh, and with Christensen and Rudiger replacing Louise and Cahill in a very impressive win, have we had a glimpse of Chelsea's future? We'll be back in a sec. only place for Chelsea fans footballfancast.com real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea football fancast total nutters and proper Chelsea Right, welcome back. I'm Sanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We're in part two. This is a packed show tonight. There is a lot to talk about, but uh, of course, the thing that we really absolutely have to talk about is uh, is this man, Maratta. I mean, it's his first hat trick for the club. Um, interestingly enough, there's lots of interesting stats that I've I've got up tonight, and I've got a little quiz for you in a minute as well. Of course, so I hope you haven't cheated because you all had the script. Um, for ages, so um, I, I didn't think of that when I decided to do the quiz. Anyway, uh, it's the first back-to-back hat-trick that Chelsea have scored since 1997 in the Premier League when uh, Zola and Flo did it. Um, but I think, Jonathan, the first thing, really, is that um, you know it's kind of proved beyond doubt that this boy can score with his feet as well as his head. Not that we didn't think that he could. Yes, yes. Well, I think I've only seen him score goals um, on YouTube Um 
with his feet mostly. So uh, the fact that he was only scoring with his head was, uh, was something of a bonus, actually, for me. I thought, oh, he can do that as well. He's yet to do it for us. Um, but uh, no, uh, no, he's uh, he's clearly a, 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 a terrifically skilled marksman. And uh, um, uh, it's it's the fact that it... it it, it looks very methodical. It looks as if he practices for hours. You know, he he's, his headers are low down. His, uh, he gets on the end. Um, it's not a kind of uh, flailing. I'm just getting into position, like in a sort of um, like some centre forwards we've seen in the past. It's a it's a very uh, it's a very clinical thing. I mean, his finish, the first goal was brilliantly taken. It's the it's just a setting up the touch for the for the goal. And uh, and I think we've we've said. We've said before, um, uh, he, he, he reminds me of Osgood, just in his, his shoulder movements and little movements and ability to, to spin and run. And uh, uh, no, he's, uh, he's, he's brilliantly impressive. And, and I love the fact also that um, he's just started off scoring, um, unlike other people that we've had in the past who, in fact, never, ever scored, despite having cost a large amount of money. Um, but uh, no, no, it's... Uh, it's um, it's great to see, and uh, uh, I, I like the fact also that, as you said in the, just before we came to this part, they clearly all get on, and um, uh, the fact that he's working with a team where everybody seems to to uh, they're all good good chaps as well as creating great team spirit is uh, is not what our previous centre forward was was clearly achieving, and I think um, our manager wants to have people who he can get to work hard. That's his that's his aim. And if people are uh, are not cooperating or not turning up on time or just mucking about, it gets in the in the way of his plan, which is to improve by constant working to become the best team in the world. And I think it is very joyous. It's a very joyous moment to be uh, a Chelsea fan because you can see the manager implementing all these new ideas. And uh, I don't know about, about the rest of you, but I... It's it's clearer to me than ever before. We're watching Mourinho and watching any of the other managers. I can actually see what Conte's trying to do, and I love it. And I find it completely joyous watching the team as a consequence. Um, uh, you know, it, I, I think my the the fact that I was told the I told the other day I didn't understand why he was playing um, three two five. What of course he was doing was was pressing them completely with the five. And I thought, well, he wasn't doing that last season. The fact that it's it's, I'm, I'm getting more and more interested in what he's doing as well because he, there are so many levels that he is a, a, a vastly superior manager to anybody else in the division. It's wonderful. Sorry, I've gone off on Conte yeah, now, but I, I just no, think no, so no. Much. I mean, mate, I was so, no, I was, I was absolutely in, entranced listening to that, and, and I'm, I'm really glad you went off on a tangent because I think I, I, none of us would have picked that up, and I. I think it's an absolutely spectacularly good point, and uh, I, I just love it at the moment. I mean, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when I before we went on air, I, I you know got hold of Dan first on Skype, and he said, "How are you?" And I said, "I'm really good," and I and I have I felt great all day. I haven't felt this good on a Monday for donkeys, and I'm bloody sure it has a lot to do with the football. Um, just to pick you up, uh, Jonathan, on a point you made, I'm going to ask Clayton this because because he 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 certainly would have seen Aussie play. Um, there is, I, I, you know, Jonathan's been saying this for a few weeks about the comparison to Aussie, and I, and I, and I think, it, you know, not just Aussie actually. I mean, I never, never saw Greaves play uh, live actually, which is a great sadness to me. But you know, in, in the various TV programs that I've made, I always tried to get some footage of Greaves in, and Greavesy and Aussie actually, I think similarly, they used to glide. 
there's such a grace about that kind of a player because they have such good balance. And in a sense, I thought, particularly that second goal, Clayton, it reminded me of Aussie and in particular Greavesy because, you know, Morata's not a, a, a big, hulking, powerful striker. You know, he, he's not, he's no wimp and he's tall. But, you know, he, he absolutely left those defenders for dead, and yet he's not the fastest guy in the world. There's just a grace and an economy of effort about him. It was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful goal, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, no, as we said, it, it was a superb goal. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, I was lucky enough to sing Peter Osgood and Jimmy Greaves, but unfortunately not Ooh. when Jimmy Greaves was a, was a Chelsea player. No. My uncle, as anybody will have read my book, my uncle took me to Spurs quite a lot um, when I was younger, and I uh, consequently I saw Jimmy Greaves, and and he was absolutely brilliant, and and I just sat there and wondered why uh, why he wasn't playing for Chelsea because obviously he was a Chelsea player to start off with, but yeah, no, I I do I do think that um, there is a lot of the Oz about him, the way he runs, and as you say, he glides. He doesn't he doesn't seem to think the goal that he scored, the second goal, wouldn't or even the first goal, Greaves would never have scored because Greaves never ran that far. He basically was was around about the box. If he got the ball, it was in. He he was he was stunning. But the one the one thing, I mean, mention it in in the script about it, what what we'd expected from Torres, and you're so right. He does. There's loads of his movement, and certainly the, both those goals he scored, the, the, the first two goals, were what Torres was like when he was at Liverpool. That, that, was, how he, um, that was how he played. He was on the shoulder and he was gone. And he was, he was supremely gifted when he, was, when he was actually fully fit, which sadly we never really saw. Mm. Um, but the one other thing that, that um, I'd like to say is that the first goal... The run was Crespo. It was that sort of that that yeah. run that Crespo used to do. That sort of like a crescent run, where he'd stay on side. But it was such a clever run that he wouldn't be caught offside. Um, he's just a joy to watch. I mean, okay, the opposition wasn't the best, but it doesn't really matter. You can only play what's in front of you. Um, and yeah, no, he's he's an absolute joy. Absolute joy. It's just it's just so brilliant to, to to see a proper number nine who who you know with all with all that he brings to it. It's just an absolute joy to see it. I mean, Dan Dan, you were there. I mean, you know what what was it? What was the view? You know, watching it live. I mean, you know how, how did what did it feel like when you you saw him banging two superb goals and and also get a hat trick. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, for the first guy, you saw the pass from Asgard, and you suddenly saw this fantastic run in between the defenders. And the first touch was brilliant, and the finish was superb. second goal was right on our island, so where he just powered past the players. And we thought he'd gone too far wide, but opened the body, little dink. And the third goal was a real kind of poacher's goal. And it's, you know, showed the team spirit, because Asby could have easily scored himself, but instead of that, he just chested the ball down. To Morata, who's right place, right time, and towed it in. I mean, there was a chance where he got ahead of, I think it was their number 24, and he pushed it just wide. If Moses had, you know, rather than whack the ball across goal, he could have got another goal as well, because there's a, a bit towards the end where we were just putting crosses for fun. And I think Moses was caught between shooting and crossing, and it got underneath Morata's feet. But he, his movement, he's graceful, his intelligent runs, it, it was great. And watching kind of 
towards the end, the space Fabregas was getting and hitting some great passes towards him. It's it's a fantastic start. I think he's going to be brilliant. And funny enough, while I was Clayton was talking, Sky put up a stat. Um, he's got. You 30... mean you weren't listening to me? I was you listening to you. Watching... <laughs> oh God. I can oh, multitask. Yeah. Everything you said about your uncle, Jimmy Greaves, I was listening. Don't worry. All right, okay. I'll let you yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, see. Um, Not Jimmy Greaves. You know, my dad's favourite player was Jimmy Greaves. He was gutted when we sold him, but that's digressing too much. His um, shot conversion is 30%. He's done second in assist behind Aguero. Um, more more chances created. And he's second fastest just behind Lukaku. Um, he's done more sprints than any of the top four strikers, so he's he's right up there. You, you know, I know stats can be deceiving, but if you just look at the cold hard stats, he's he's pretty on par with Aguero at the moment, if not slightly better. So he's well. Yeah. There you and go. So D- Dan, we he's. Go on, mate. Go on, mate. Conte player. Yeah, listen, he's a Conte player. I think if you know whatever politics go on, you know behind the scenes of the club, the fact that he said you know we'll give him Morata. I think we'll prove it at the end of the season. It was a great signing. Yeah, I think so too. I, and I think actually, Dan, we can put down your watching Sky in a, a minute ago down to research, and that's allowable. Now, talking of stats, I've got sort of a little bit of a quiz for you gentlemen here. Uh, you know, Morata's the 17th uh, uh, striker or player to get a, a hat-trick for Chelsea in the Premier League. Uh, so who would like to tell me who they all are? I'm going to start with you, Jonathan. God. Um, uh, um, Batshuayi. Oh, no, that was the no. League Cup. Sorry. In the in the um, in the in the, in uh, the yes, Premier sorry. League. In the league. Okay, Viali. Yes. Uh, Barnsley, ninety-seven. Hasselbank. Yes, he got th- he got three. Uh, two thousand against Coventry. Two thousand and two against Spurs. Two thousand and four against Wolves. Um. So just seventeen players or seventeen hat tricks. Seventeen players have got hat tricks okay. for Chelsea in the Premier okay. League. Can I throw two into the pot? Yeah, yeah, yeah go on, Dan. Well, no, 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 uh, spread Frank it around because otherwise, you know, just spread it around, spread right, it around. Right. You're gonna say uh, you're gonna Frank say. Yeah, he got three. Two thousand eight against Derby. Two thousand and ten against Villa. Two thousand eleven against Bolton. Tor Andre Flo. Yep, Spurs 97. Zola. Zola, yeah, hang on. Yeah, Derby 97. Uh, Hazard. Yes, against Newcastle 2014. Diego Costa. Yes, against Swansea in 2014. Um, Clayton, dive in if you want. So... Has anybody mentioned Drogba? Yes, no. I did. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Oh, did you? Um, Sorry, we were talking I, over you then. But yeah, yeah can I? I yeah, did. Drogba's definitely, and Drogba's I'm, 2006 I'm Watford. Sh- I'm not 100% sure, no. but at the back of my mind, and it defies belief, but did Kalou score a hat trick? Yes, yeah, Stoke. He did, Clayton. 12, 10. 10. Okay. 2010 against Stoke. Well done, Clayton. We've mentioned F- Fernando Torres. He scored. I think he's got at least one hat trick. Yeah, QPR six. He did against Q. Yeah, QPR two thousand and twelve. Did Hughes? Did Hughes score a hat trick? 
Well done, Jonathan. 1996 against Leeds. So that means we've got one, two, three, four more players. Um, people on people Johnson. on Mixler are getting them, by the way. Good Johnson. Well good done, Johnson. Jonathan Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, Blackburn, two thousand and four. I was th- I was there, so I should have remembered that. <laughs> oh God! Um, I was at most oh, of what, these, what actually, about um, Eto Eto scored against Man yes. United, didn't he? Great a brilliant yes. hat trick. Brilliant 2014, Brilliant you've got two more, oh, two more to go. One. No, I sorry, three, one. three, I'm, I'm lying. There are three more to go. Go on. I remembered Sherla. Sherla scored a hat-trick yep. against Fulham, and I was two. Yep. Two, Sherla got one. 2014. And then we him. All right, I'm going to make this a little bit easier. Sorry, hang on. I'm going to make this a little bit easier for you. The, the last two, right, were in 1996 and 2008. Oh. Gavin Peacock. Mm. Yes! Well, Jonathan, you're on fire. Well, that was 1996 10. against Middlesbrough. Last one. Have a clue. Who else have we? Who else have we meant? Who up forwards? Anelka. Yeah. Bloody hell! I don't know. Wow! Bloody hell, Jonathan Kidd. Mephisto. Yeah, that's it. 2008 against Sutherland. Uh, Mark Barford got this. I, th- I tell you what, actually, the boys and girls in Mixler have been stupendous. I'm not sure if yeah, Mark got Gavin Peacock. Oh, dearie me, they're very, very good. But I have to say, you lot are fantastic. If I'd have been asked that, you, I'd, have, I'd have struggled. Did Mark Steen score? Yeah. Mark Steen score a hat? Yeah, but that no, that's it. We've done them. That's 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, of course. yeah 1992. Chish, we didn't score chish, a hat-trick between 1990 and... Ni- I don't know. I think we sold him to AC Milan, mate. Anyway, we digress and we should get on with stuff. But I'm really impressed. I, I have to say, I'm really, really impressed that, with you three. I think that's a stu- superb performance. I thought you'd struggle with that, but you bloody got them all. Um, anyway, look, the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, there's lots of things to talk about in this part. We won't get to all of it, but uh, I'd really like to talk about this one. Because, I mean, obviously before the game, there was a bit of a... I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised that um, Christensen... Uh, you know, replaced Louise, who's, uh, you know, obviously got a three-game ban, and that Rüdiger came in for Cahill. Kind of more more surprised, really, that Cahill had been left out in many respects. I mean, I know that doesn't fit with the, with the social media fans' narrative, does it? But um, I, I was still quite surprised. But the reality was, is that, you know, maybe, in a sense, and I, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, that, you know, Conte is building a squad here, and, and, and the average age is definitely coming down. And I think it speaks volumes that he was prepared to put Christensen in for a match that could have been quite tough. Uh, and, and, and of course, the, the, the other side to that is on the one hand, you know, maybe the writing is on the wall for Cahill. He's 31. You know, maybe, you know, maybe time is coming as it does to everybody. But on the other hand, we brought him on when we needed to. And, and it really speaks to me of the depth that we have in our squad now, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I think, Christensen played in the middle of the three in Louise's role. He, he he was faultless. And I think Conte showed he's not afraid to, to, you know, to rule with the iron fist. I mean, he you know he he you know put John Terry to one side brilliantly last season without any fuss. You know, you, you made Cahill's maybe not in the best of form at the moment since he's sending off. But it's it's a squad game these days. It's not a one to eleven. I think he picked the team for the match, and he felt that 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 was the best way forward. And he he was proved right. Cahill came in, did a job, kept kept the clean sheet. So you know. It was a decent performance. I think Cahill, you know, potentially could be his last season. 
because you think you know we've got a lot of younger defenders coming in. You know, Zuma. I don't know if he has a good year. You might see Zuma coming in to replace Cahill for Never. next season. Sorry? Never. Never. Ever. Zuma. They'll sell him. Yeah. Well, we, you, you never know. He started off very well. Conte no, rates him very highly. He said that, you know, that he had a bad injury and he had to get a good season inside him. I know, I know. But he works in a four. I don't think he works in a three. And I think he's trying to aim for the three. They're all ball players. He could play the right right-hand side of a three if you've got somebody like a Christian in the middle you know a big solid centre-half either side because you can, you can yeah, use the ball possibly. listen it's, who knows cahill has been a great term for club whatever happens uh, One, you know as, as, as the kind of as the, as, the med, as the mediator between I've, I've changed from being the presenter to the mediator tonight I think that's probably a better <laughs> title um, I, I, I may have read the same thing that you read Jonathan actually where, the, where, where I can't remember who it was who wrote it but they were basically saying that um, in you know, Cahill and Zuma are possibly more suited to a back four than a back three. And again, you know, we, we see that Conte is, you know, looking to play a back three. But at the end of the day, you know, I think what Conte wants is ball-playing uh, centre-backs. And I think in, in Rudiger and Christensen and Aspi and Louise, he has. And, uh, you know, Cahill, yeah. who I love to pieces, and, and I really won't have a bad word said against him, not least for everything he's done for the club. And I think he's still a decent player now, as the stats prove. But I think if if you look if you look if you're looking for somebody who's a ball playing centre back, I don't think it's Gary Cahill. Uh, what what do you say on this, Clayton? Is is there a bit of a nod to the future going on here? No, I don't think so. I I, I think it's he's got a squad and he's using it. Um, he might have been resting Cahill um, for Wednesday night. Um, I think that yeah. Cahill is getting a load of crap for for no good reason. I think it, it's brilliant that he felt that he could trust Christensen to play against Stoke because uh, that's, as you said, not a particularly easy game, especially away from home. Um, I just think he's rotating his squad. He's got lots of games. He knew, I think we've got, so is it nine games in September? Seven or nine games? And and he knows that he's got to, to, to sort of um, rotate. Yeah, I mean, it might be a nod to the future insofar as Rudiger and Christensen are both young and will be there. Yeah. Um, in the years to come, but I don't think that was, I don't think there was anything more than sort of trying to keep people fresh. I mean, the Milan, uh, Milan the Madrid game's going to need, you know, old and experienced heads and, okay, Christensen and Rudiger, I think they've both got Champions League experience, but, but Gary Hay- Cahill's got huge Champions League experience. The one thing that i slightly perturbed about, and I don't think there's anything we can do about it at the moment, is the fact that when, um, when Cahill's not playing, We've got no English players in the side. Um, and I, yeah. but, you know, it's not jingoistic or nationalistic or anything like that. I just don't really like that, to be honest. Um, yeah, so it's a really, just, really good point, mate. Really good thought. point. I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah, well, it's it's a shame, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, a bit wrong, really, I think. And, and, and without being jingoistic, but, you know, we're an English team. I know football's changing everything, but, you know. I, I suspect you can understand the sentiments of, of old men like me and Clayton. Um, the, the one thing I would say about Cahill, and actually Bob Usray, Bob Usray on uh, Mixler says this brilliantly. He says, I'm fed up with fans, and in, quoted, uh, in, in quotation marks, giving Cahill shit. He's been a good servant. I couldn't agree more, and, and I've written about this many times, Bob. Um, but I think, you know, whilst he has been an excellent servant, and he's been brilliant, and he's, you know, won everything for with us and everything... I have to say that that having been said, I do applaud Conte 
being ruthless and picking on form not reputation and I think if you know that's how it has to be but I think the the, the corollary of that and I think Clayton and, and the boys really made a good point there which is that unlike last season he now has options and I think the option that I'm liking most of all believe it or not is the fact that what we've got here at the moment is a blend of youth and experience you know whatever you might think of Gary Cahill the man the man's been at chelsea a long time now he knows how this club works he knows what our you know legacy is and 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 how we've won and i think it's important you can say the same about louise you know there are a few guys that are getting towards 30 and are 30 or over and you do need that you can't just have a team i mean i'm going to sound like bloody alan hansen here saying you, you don't win anything with kids but i do believe that you need a blend of experience and youth and i think that we're beginning to get that as well as the other kind of options that we have and the squad depth and the versatility. I mean, would, would you agree with that, Jonathan? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I look for, I'm looking for clues all the time as to what's going on and uh, um, as to whether he's, he's actually just trying to work out an 11 or whether he is rotating. And, uh, and I think it's too early to, to discover. Um, uh, I, I think that, uh, I don't know how you do it as a manager. I don't know how you do it in that situation. Do you? What do you observe? Do you, what do you decide for for team for for matches? Do you decide he's looking a bit tired? I mean, they, is it in a, in a, the 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 um, the whole logistics thing at the moment is so advanced? It's like rugby union players having um, uh, things on their back that allow them to be uh, to work out whether they're getting tired or not. Perhaps they do that in training. Perhaps it's it's people who have the the best fitness. Perhaps uh, he's aware that at the moment that Hazard works better. I mean, I thought against Stoke we were we were f- uh, formidable when we brought on Fabregas and Hazard, particularly because Hazard just completely tore them apart because he's got massive energy coming in and he hasn't obviously he's 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 raring to go. So you wonder whether in fact he's whether it's he's not trying him out from a fitness point of view. Is he thinking well I'll bring him on later on? He has all these options. Um, mm, exactly. Uh, I'm, exactly. I'm, 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 uh, I just think we've got a great squad. I think it's working out fantastically. Um, and uh, um, and just to, just to go back to what you're talking about, I think Gary Cahill has been wonderful for the club, absolutely wonderful. And uh, and as Clayton says, um, he may indeed have been resting him for uh, for Tuesday, for Wednesday. Mm. But then again, he may not have been. I, we don't know what's in his mind there. But but I think they've got such excellent alternatives that. Um, it's uh, it's it's just a it's a it's a much better team than last year, and I thought we were great last year. That's my view at the moment. Yeah, bodes well, doesn't it, chaps? It really does. Listen very quickly because we were kind of running out of time. Because we, we 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 kind of I think it was much more interesting to talk about the Murata and that issue actually. So, bleh, bleh, bleh. Um, but I just want to kind of <laughs> squeeze these two in if I can, and they kind of are you know two sides of the same coin in a sense. I mean, first of all. You know, was was Alonso a bit of a lucky boy? Um, he 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 may well have got uh, a second yellow card for the tackle on Juve. Uh, was it a bit petulant? It just been elbowed in the face, and the, although he made a bit of a meal about that. But first thing is, uh, number one, was Alonso a lucky boy? Should that have been a red? Uh, and was Conte? You know, that was really good management, perhaps taking him off for his own good. And the second one is. Unbelievable double standards yet again. I mean that that tackle by Crouch. Well, I hesitate to call it a, a tackle, but you know, just under the knee, the back of the knee on Fabregas. That was 
fucking awful. Excuse my French, but it really was. So, so Dan, yeah, first, uh, Alonso, lucky boy. I th- yes, I mean, you know, Mike Dean's always very free with the cars. I think he actually credited him as a bit of sense of referee. Um, mm. By saying, listen, you know, one more and you're off. I mean, the first one was a, a definite yellow card. The second one was just, as you say, a bit stupid, having just been booked. And I think it was great management from Conte to take him off straight away. Um, Pete and I, where we sat, we could see Crouch going over the top from where we were sitting. And it looked like the referee was in a very, very good position. And my, my gut feeling is, had it been one nil with two minutes to go, it would be in a red card. I think he, you know, was generous to that yellow card it's, it's games like that that they should be allowed to re-referee afterwards because it was a disgusting challenge fortunately Fabregas didn't make too much about it he was up fairly quickly but it was it was you know I, well, listen I, the style high for Peter Crouch is quite different you know, most players will get hit by him because he's such a lanky fucking idiot but um, yeah he should have got a red card irrespective of when Freak. it wasn't the game I thought it was a disgusting challenge yeah that's, that's yeah I would tell him what I thought as well <laughs> Um, was it? Does the circus yeah, well know done, you're mate. here? Isn't that yeah, it? Well done, does the yeah. circus know you're here? Is that the chant? Yeah. But no, I, just, I just thought it was. Um, look, it was. You know, should have been a red. Had it been a Chelsea player, Matt should have would have shown it twenty times from twenty different angles. It didn't even get in the highlights edit, which is ridiculous. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that. I know. I know. Everybody shouts bias as soon as that happens. But I mean, if you if you just saw their summary afterwards. Is Morata good? Yes, that was it. I mean, you know, they, they don't have a lot of time. It's a bit of a pointless show, if you ask me, but there you go. Um, Clayton, and, uh, I'll ask you first. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I personally think that Alonso was a bit lucky to get away with the red, but I thought it was excellent management by Conte to, to bring him off. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, God, Clayton. In, and, uh, in, in, Clayton introducing, Bob, Bob, Fle- introducing Bob Fleming, everybody. <laughs> Um, no, it was great management, but I think I think that was um, just a continuation of a great management on the day. I thought team selection was spot on, every substitution was spot on. I think he he was uh, he was close to Morata about being man of the match. Um, yeah, I do think Alonso was lucky. I think Alonso was bloody stupid. I thought, I mean, it's not something that we've actually seen before, but he he lost it big styley. Um, the elbow in the face was not an elbow in the face. He made a right meal about it. Um, and then the crowd obviously got to him. I mean, that that was winding me up more than anything else because I was thinking the crowd were absolutely, they were dead at that moment. And that's what got them going. I mean, you know, that that they, they should call that the, the stadium of booze because that's all that's all they do there is they boo this sort of, this, this sense of indignation that everything, everyone's against them. Um the crouch thing I thought was quite interesting. I mean, it was an appalling tackle. It was worse than Louise's tackle. It was worse than Cahill's tackle. It was, it's one of the worst tackles I've seen in a very long time. But it was just completely evident that, you know, picking up on what Dan said, Dan's 100% right, this is a referee ma- managing a situation rather than refereeing the game. You know, oh, it's Peter Crouch, he's not that sort of guy, and they're 4-0 down, and there's only a couple of minutes to go. Yeah, what's the point in sending him off? I'll just book him. Absolute, you know, it's nonsense. I mean, this is, you know... Go on. No, I was going to say, that's that's, uh, an interesting perspective, because, you see, I clearly remember in about 2007, when Crouch was playing for Liverpool, he two-footed Mikel. 
so badly that Mikel ended up almost in the in the stand. So this bullshit, isn't it, of the referee to think, oh, well, he's a nice lad. And actually, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, Mark Barford said on, on Mixley, well, it, he said the irony, is Crouch is a, the, the irony is that Crouch is a Chelsea fan, has been from a kid. I wonder yeah. if he's actually Pete Trenter's secret, secret love child. <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, the one thing I, w- I would basically say is that managing the game, I mean, it's irrelevant. I have to say, who's the, who's the, the the loser who's basically in charge of referees now? I can't remember the Mike guy's Riley. name. Mike Riley. Okay. When we played Arsenal in the FA Cup final um, in in Cardiff and we lost, we were 2-0 down with about, I don't know, two two minutes to go, something like that. He booked Good Johnson. And I just thought that, I mean, I'm actually contradicting myself because it was probably a booking, but I just thought that was the meanest, most hard-spirited, ridiculous booking I'd ever seen. And so much mm-hmm. so, actually, Henry Winter mentioned it in his match report. So there is that human element, but I suppose we own, we're we're annoyed because we've had players sent off this season for lesser things. Um, at the general, you know, I think you've got to look at the biggest picture and ultimately it doesn't really matter. Okay, right. We've got to move on. I'm afraid, chaps, because uh, we're running uh, late. Oh, of course, oh, all the technical oh, issues. Oh, no, no, hang on. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to part three. Quickly. Uh, just a quick plug. No, I'll just mute. Break, break. No, you won't, because I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute you. Right. Just a quick plug for the Kerry Dixon show, which I record each week with oh, Kerry God. Dixon. Of course. Who else? It's available Thursday afternoons, so you make sure you can uh, download it via Acast, iTunes, and SoundCloud on the day. And on that point, we've secured sponsorship for the show from the lovely ChelseaFan12.com, who specialise in memorabilia and all sorts of other things. They've got a great website with uh, lots of features and news and videos. Uh, one of the videos, in fact, is the thing that they record uh, after every home game in the Butcher's Hook uh, with uh, the wonderful Ron Chopper Harris and Gary Chivers. So uh, make sure you check that out. And, of course, follow them on Twitter at Fan12Chelsea. Uh, now, after the break, we're going to have a look back at the League Cup tie against Nottingham Forest and look forward uh, to the Champions League game against Atletico Madrid this Wednesday. We will see you in a second. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. 
There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stafford Chidge, and you're listening to Chelsea Fancast. We're in part three, and this is the part where we look at everything else. A bit of a look forward, and a little, well, a little look back and then a look forward, because, uh, you know, last week uh, we had the Carabao Cup, uh, which apparently, controversially, is also known as the League Cup, uh, and we had uh, wonderful old foes, Nottingham Forest. We hate Nottingham Forest. We hate Arsenal too. Yeah, that's a good old song uh, we used to Lester. sing about them and other and Leicester. Yeah, indeed. Uh, very rarely sung. I saw some people on Twitter actually talking about that, wondering where that one's gone. But it was a great old song. Martin, Doctor Mart used to love that song. He was he would try and sing it on the show at every available opportunity. But there you go. Um, but bottom line is J.K. Um, you know, I, it was. A, I mean, you know, I, sadly I, I couldn't go because it, it was on a Wednesday night, and I, I just can't make Wednesday nights these days because of work. Uh, but a very comfortable win and, and very useful for Conte uh, as a result because we had, uh, you know, we had uh, some... I mean, he had something like five academy players playing on there uh, at the, you know, at the, by the end of the match, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, I have to say they were completely shite. I was, uh, <laughs> I was um, uh, disappointed by how completely shite they were. I was hoping that they would at least put up some kind of a showing. Um, but uh, I think also they um, they uh, they didn't cope very well with Kennedy scoring very early on. I have to say Kennedy was a real live wire. In the game, but it's very difficult to make any kind of assessment because they were so dreadful. They were all right coming forward, but defensively, they were absolutely feeble. And I felt that Michael Mancien, who at one stage of his Chelsea career looked as if he might be playing for England, should be rather ashamed of himself. I don't know where he, what's happened to him. He's gone completely backward in his progress. Um, uh, but yeah, it was great that. Um, Masonda scored a fantastic goal, and the joy with which he celebrated was—it meant so much to him. It was—it was wonderful. Um, and he's a real live wire. And lo and behold, he's in the squad. So you know, it, it's—if uh, you impress Conti and you play well in in whatever, he obviously trains well. You get a chance, and uh, and I love that. And uh, Ampadu looks a real character. Bloody hell, he came on a crunching tackle on a poor old Forest player when he soon after he came on. <laughs> Oh, my God, the poor bloke. And then he tweeted about it afterwards, you know, the joy of the crunching tackle, he said. So, uh, well, do you know what? Not only, not, only did he, um, not, only, not, only did he, not only did he tweet about it, JK, he, he, apparently he's a big Chelsea fan. And he said that he, he, he highlighted the fact that it was an SEN-like tackle, which I thought was brilliant. Yes, yes, he did, absolutely. And it was indeed an SEN-like tackle. Mm. And he, he looks a little bit like um, um, uh, Ake, of course, which is a bit confusing. Um, 
But uh, no, I thought uh, I thought it was great, uh, a, a great performance, and lovely that that Conte could just. It's, it's the ideal situation, isn't he? He f- puts he puts youth in and puts them on the bench, and um, we take him to pieces, and he brings everybody on. Absolutely, a perfect evening, and uh, Batshuayi looked really good again. But one has to remember that uh, they were shite. So. Mm, okay, fair enough. Um, were you two boys there as well? Dan first, Clayton second. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. I was um, I was in the West Upperford show, so I got a different perspective. I just thought it was a very good performance. I mean, I was, you know, you can't even beat what's put in front of you. I thought it was solid, disciplined, and similar to Stoke. From minute one to ninety, we didn't stop. We just carried on, carried on. We're still looking. That's what I like about this team. They don't stop. They don't get five one up and take their foot off the gas. They were still break he tried to score more goals I thought it was it was a great game and Batshuayi is a finisher he's not a hold up player I mean he knows where the goal is and Hazard's Hazard set up the second goal was beautiful the way he put those two players on their arse and just passed it to uh, Batshuayi was just fantastic to watch I think it, it woke my wife mm. up from that moment because she'd been to her first game for eight years and she actually woke up at that moment so it was a no it was good well, I, it was, I, I, it was, it was, it was great am, am, am I right Am I right in saying it was your birthday that night, which is why you're up in the West Upper? It was and, indeed. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what, I know I wish you happy birthday on the day, but I, on behalf of all the Chelsea Fancast listeners, Dan, and the boys here, very happy birthday for last week. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. So it was, it was, it was a really enjoyable, really enjoyable evening. Mm. Um, Clayton, um, I presume you were, you were there as well, yeah? Yeah, uh, echo what the boys say. Um, I think the the funniest thing um, that I found out about old Ampadu when uh, was the fact that his dad is the under eighteen coach at Arsenal, um, and he chose to come to us. I thought that was uh, that says everything you need to know about Arsenal, really. Um, he it was does, fantastic. His dad he used was... to play for Arsenal as well. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Dan, Dan, Dan sorry, I'm going to, can I just interrupt a minute? Dan, your mic's scratching against your beard. Sorry. <laughs> right. Clayton. Um, I, I, thought, I thought it was, I, I mean, it was joyous to actually go to a game where you just actually could relax and not sort of worry about what was going on. Masonda was, was outstanding. And even when um, Salter Clark and Sterling came on, they didn't really do very much. They didn't have to do very much. But the, the way these guys look on the ball, so much confidence. I mean, it, it sort of harks back, and I don't want to hark back to it specifically, but when Chilobo was on the ball, you know, they, they, they just look natural. They look confident. Um, I, I thought it was it was absolutely superb. Um, the Batchwai, I just... I. I don't get him. I mean, it is extraordinary. His goals to game ratio is is amazing. But I, I don't know what the other guys think, but I just thought he was lazy on the night. I, he doesn't run. He doesn't put himself in a position, but he arrives and he scores. I mean, obviously, the third goal he knew nothing about, but he was there. The second goal was just a gift from his mate Eden. The first goal, okay, he he did, he found the position. But I just, I thought he could do more. I don't, I mean, it seems a bit churlish when you score a hat-trick. And, but I don't think he was, he, he was sort of contributing very much to the game. But God bless him, you know, every time he plays, he scores. And uh, that's not to be sniffed at, really, is it? No, well, you're right in a way, mate. Because I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, he's a striker, and you know, he gets paid to score goals. 
But I, 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 like you, I remain to be convinced. I think it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because we talked about Murata earlier on, and you know, Murata is a, a more sleek, uh, kind of almost old-fashioned striker in a way. And I think a lot of strikers these days are are basically just huge athletes, muscle men, powerful, powerful men. Uh, I mean, Costa, Lukaku, spring to mind. Um, and I mean, but but you know, fuck's sake, you know, Lukaku can't trap cement. And 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 Batshuayi's touch is is e- equally abysmal. Whereas you you see you see you see Morata and you see a footballer, not an athlete, not a not a muscle man. You see a footballer and his touch proves it. And I frankly I know what I'd prefer, but it's really interesting. I talked to Kerry about Batshuayi on on the Kerry Dixon show last week, and you know he he, he said much the same. He said he, he felt he is beginning to improve slowly, and it, it's still possibly too early to judge him, but. I don't know. I, I my doubts remain. I've got to be honest, Dan. I don't know. He knows where the goal is. I mean, he's not. He doesn't play yeah, the hold up game very well, as it's proven. But then he knows where the goal is. That's you know. That's you want a, a maybe slightly different alternative to um, Morata. You know, maybe playing him in the two at some games. He might. He might be really useful. Listen, he knows where the goal is. His goal record is great, but that can obviously be, you know, look at the opposition and the fact they they kept him on. For another another year, maybe you know Conte will make him into a a better, more complete player. But the quick point I wanted to make yeah. was just going back to the use. It's so great they actually got meaningful time rather than you know two minutes under you know Mourinho because Mourinho's you know he gives them one for two minutes and he claims all the credit. They all got meaningful get time. The game was won. He brought them on. It was it was really good to see. Really really good to see. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was enjoyable. I mean, you know, I only got to see the highlights annoyingly, but it was very, very enjoyable. Um, you know, Jonathan, what, what I was going to ask you, actually, there's some really good uh, posts on uh, Mixler talking about this, actually. A lot of people saying um, that uh, Mitchie needs to play with a, you know, not as a lone striker. It's not really his game. And uh, Andrew McVeigh says he, he seems to come alive in the last 10 minutes. He's scored most of his goals late on. Um, where where do you stand on Batshuayi? Aha, aha, I like it. Well, I think I've, I've mentioned earlier on the, uh, the, on the the series, if I can talk of shows like that, that um, um, uh, that Conte uh, spent two days with Moses to turn him into a wing back, and the results were phenomenal. And he spent several days with Batshuayi, and unfortunately, it goes in one ear and out of the other. Um, uh, he just can't remember what he's supposed to be doing. I think he just he's uh, he's he's not the sharpest tool in the box, apparently, and is. Um, uh, very good at getting the ball into the net, but not very good at, at the other things he's supposed to be doing. Um, so I'm. I think that had they bought another striker in the transfer window, we don't know whether they were in for anybody or not. It could have been Clarente, might have been a load of rubbish, um, or may have ended very early on when he realised he was only going to get a year contract, and they may have been in for. Um, uh, any of the other strikers they were associated with, but we will never know. Um, according to all the, the media, we lost out on everybody, but uh, we may not have been in for anybody. And they may have said, keep with Batshuayi, he cost, he cost 34 million as it was. But uh, I don't think he's a he's a Conte player and, uh, uh, and I don't think he can make him any better. And I think he's got to make do with what he's got. Um, and I think that uh, uh, another striker would, uh, another striker of the, the calibre, uh, of um, Morata would completely uh, turn us into mm. a, an absolute world force. But um, uh, I noticed that that um, Pedro was playing 
very, very in advance with Morata as well against Stoke. So it was almost like playing two strikers. So I, I, And I don't think you need somebody very nippy to be playing up front. And I, I'm not even convinced he's terribly quick, that Schwai. So, uh, I mean, also this whole thing with, with talking about um, um, strikers and how good Morata is, it really does prove to me that he was indeed Conte's. Morata was Conte's first choice because Lukaku just wouldn't fit into that scheme of things because Lukaku is as, is as ponderous as Batshuayi is. And I don't think that that is the Conte plan because, Chid, your, your big thing was always that, um, that Morata was his first choice. And I think indeed yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, I think he's, so. Uh, so he's fluent in comparison with, with Lukaku. So. <laughs> Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more, J.K. Uh, uh, sage sage words from you, as I would expect. I think just very quickly to to, to wrap up the old uh, chat about uh, we hate Nottingham Forest. There's a great um, and I just really want to just spend a little bit more time talking about Masonda and uh, Ampadu because I, I thought Masonda again it's just such a delight to see a young kid not only play so well and 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 have no fear really. I mean, okay, given that they were shit, but you, you could only be what's in front of you. Took his goal really, really well, I thought. But the just absolute joy um, that he showed uh, of playing for Chelsea. And I, I'd love to see this kid get a few more chances because I think he, he, he looks a good player. Ampadu, I have to be honest, I knew nothing about this kid at all. Um, I really knew nothing about it. I had this vague recollection that we'd nicked him from Exeter in front, you know, I can't, one of the big boys was definitely in for him. Um but I thought, what a remarkable young kid. He's only 17. And as you said earlier on, he clattered that Forest player about a minute after he came on. The other thing I noticed about Ampadu is that, um, you know, if we don't nickname him Swampy, then we're doing it all wrong. I'm sorry. You know, but he's classic <laughs> Bristol <laughs> lad. Yeah. You remember Swampy what, years one, ago? There's one for the teenagers yeah, here. Yeah, I was trying to think of it was. The, the one thing that you wouldn't have seen from the highlights, which was amazing about him, is he was telling players what to do. He was basically, yeah. you know, Hazard. experienced players. He was, point, he was pointing at them and he was pointing and telling them where to go and this, that and the other. Was really, really hungry for the ball. And as you say, that tackle, I mean, the guy had to go off. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was an amazing, it was an amazing tackle. And he just uh, like walked away. and was like, oh, sorry, him. And it, but he, he doesn't look particularly sort of meaty or, or muscular, but no. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, apparently Forrest made eight changes for that game, and you just think, you know, it's a bit of romance in football's gone. I mean, obviously, uh, it might have been a tougher game, but um, yeah, no, he was he was a top player and a good nickname, Swampy. But I think everybody's too too young now to really go with that. Well, there's a lovely there's a lovely post from Conman fifty seven, which is a few minutes ago. He says, "I saw Ampadu play for Exeter City in the FA Cup versus Luton last year, and at sixteen he was the he was the best player on the pitch. I also know someone who taught him, who said he is a modest, polite, and really good humoured lad. I, I think well, fantastic, great information. Didn't know that. Um, he still looks like Swampy, as far as I'm concerned. And I think, as I said, if we're not calling him Swampy. Yeah, that's right, John. Uh, an A34 protest. If we don't call him Swampy, then we're doing it all wrong. The la my last parting gift to you about Ampadu is some uh, wag on Twitter put up a an, an Ampadu song, uh, which goes something like this: We're gonna rock down to Ethan Ampadu until he takes us higher. Anybody remember that one? 
Electric Avenue. The Grant. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. We're going to rock down to Ethan and Purdue. I love that. I love that. Okay. Enough of silly songs. Enough of Nottingham Forest. Uh, It's all about... uh, I mean, actually, you know, this is the thing. I mean, we, we missed the Champions League last year, didn't we? And, uh, and 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 I know how excited we are to see it back. But this is what it's really all about. I mean, I know we duffed Carabag up, but this is a proper, proper match on Wednesday night to a team that actually, you could argue, have become something of rivals. We've played them a fair amount in the last uh, few years when we've been in there. Uh, and there is no doubt they are a bloody good side. I think a little bit of added spice, of course, is that uh, Diego Costa's gone back to his boyhood club. Uh, so no doubt he'll be paraded in front of us to uh, tease and annoy us. Um, it's 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 lined up to be an absolute cracker, isn't it, Jonathan? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I wouldn't mind if it was a big anticlimax and it was nil nil or something. Actually, um, <laughs> but yes, it's, uh, it's, I, it's 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 hugely set up, isn't it? Uh, um, and undoubtedly, Diego will uh, will be uh, will be. Um, photographed a lot and uh, um, but I suspect he got them very well with the Chelsea team so I don't think he'd be bearing them any ill, Ill will um, but yeah be, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens it's to be two very well organized sides because um, Simeone is a is a terrific manager at getting good performances out of uh, not so great players I mean Griezmann is, is a is a star I don't know if he's playing at the moment actually um, uh, and of course they have the the strange uh, Philippe Louise, who I never understood, um, uh, came to Chelsea, uh, hardly ever played under Mourinho, went straight back and was instantly uh, playing every week for them and in the in the Champions League final. So what happened was it Mourinho's style just didn't suit him. Um, uh, it was because he played Dave instead, didn't he? He played Dave at left back instead of playing Philippe Louise, who was a naturally left-footed player. Um, and I have to say, when he did play for us, he was never... He gave the ball away an enormous amount, but perhaps at different circumstances, different manager under Simeone, he he uh, he gets his finger out. Um, but uh, no, I don't I don't know enough about them as a side, I'm afraid, to uh, um, to talk about them specifically in detail. But uh, as you say, Chidge, we've 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 come up against them a lot recently, and um, uh, and it's 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 it should be a very interesting. Um, meeting and then it's very good that we're meeting them actually in um, uh, this early on because we could then lose but still obviously do well in the group not I'm not that I'm hoping mm. we do but uh, um, well, uh, I, I, it, it wouldn't I, be a disaster I, 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 well I agree I agree and I'll we'll talk a little bit more about where we might see it going and uh, and and Perhaps, you know potential results I mean I'm just kind of mindful of what you said actually Jonathan but I don't really know much about it other than that and and I have to be honest I share your view because I only watch Chelsea play I don't actually bother watching any other football call me old-fashioned um but thankfully the wonderful <laughs> Keon Carbis the wonderful Keon Carbis uh who was going to be due to be on the show tonight had it not been for the fact that he's having a ball at a, a freshers week do at university uh, but as you may have noticed, uh, and I was going to allude to this later, but you may have noticed, though eagle-eyed amongst you, that the Chelsea fan cast has been putting out blogs uh, over the last week for England. I think we've posted more blogs in the last week than we have done in the last year. Uh, and much of that is down to the fabulous Gion, who has just grasped the bull by the horn, so to speak, and is 
doing wondrous stuff. So make sure you check it out because it, 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 there's some really good stuff on there. One of which is his preview of uh, Atletico Madrid. And, and I actually bothered to read it and, and it did uh, help me out, Jonathan, particularly. But um, just to kind of summarise what he was saying, we have a tough match. This we knew already. But at the moment, uh, they're currently unbeaten in all competitions this season. They're second in La Liga. Um They've won four and drawn two. Uh, the latest victory was against Sevilla, which they won 2-0. Uh, they've kept four clean sheets in seven uh, games. So they're still really, really solid defensively, which I think has been their hallmark. Um, and they've got players called Career, as you mentioned. Uh, is that not Chick Career? Wasn't he a jazz musician? I could be wrong. Anyway, they've got Career and Yannick Ferreira Carrasco. Uh, and Koke is apparently in very good form as well. Of course, they've got Torres, haven't they, Clayton? Well, do you think we might see Torres again? Let's hope so. Uh, possibly. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's starting again, but I know that he'll get a fantastic reception, as will Diego, I think. Um, mm. You know, putting mm. aside all the nonsense that's happened, uh, I think the Chelsea fans will give him a great reception if, if uh, well, most of them will. Um, we might see Torres. I don't know whether he's a, a regular starter at the moment. Um, I think he was used a lot as a substitute last season. I think it's a really, really tough game. I mean, I'm absolutely delighted with the draw. Um uh, sort of nil-nil draw would be quite good. Um, it's, it, I think it's only the second game in their new stadium, so that might be a slight advantage because if they're not used to it, um, and you know, sort of, that might help us. Um, I just, I, I mean, it's, a, it's. A, I think we've got a horrible Champions League group. I think it's a really tough group. Um, I'd be quite interested to see the sort of side he plays out. I had a bit of a mad thought actually because we discussing about the uh the center backs i wouldn't be i wouldn't be at all unhappy um to to basically have david louise in midfield um in front of a back three of maybe rudiger christensen and cahill i know it's not going to happen but it, it just seems to me that atletico madrid are the sort of team that you need to have three ball winning midfielders against um and i think this is where our squad is this, well, not, our squad's not lacking because I think this is where Drinkwater would have been perfect. I think he could have come in. Uh, I'm not convinced that um, that Fabregas will will do a job there because uh, I think it's going to be one of those games. Um, and I'm I'm slightly concerned with Williams' form at the moment because I thought he was mm. awful on Saturday. I thought he was absolutely dreadful. Um, so I think that that would be my only concern is is sort of not being overrun in midfield, but you know mm. should be should be a good game. Well, it's, it's Wednesday. Fair isn't it? point. Yeah, it is Wednesday. I shall be watching on me tally. Um, Dan, I, I as always, you know, Jonathan and, and Clayton make some good points there. I mean, here's the thing, you know. Like this is going to this is going to be a tough match. We keep saying it. I think that they, you know, we we've gone down the pecking order in Europe. I have no doubt. And Atletico Madrid have been there or thereabouts in the last three or four years, as as have teams like Juventus and obviously Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and and I suppose you could put um, who else in that bracket? Oh yes, PSG. So you know we're up against one of the top teams in Europe. Um, when, whenever we've played them in the past, it's been really, really close. It's like being the odd goal. We've kind of drawn nil nil out there. I mean, frankly, a draw, you know, would be very, very good for our, our, our longer-term prospects in Europe by getting out of the group 1-1, nil nil or whatever. But, you know, if we beat them, 
that would be huge because not only would it be huge because they're a very good team, but also because at the moment we've got three points and they've got one. And that would extend a, a pretty good lead over, I would imagine, are our main rivals in the group. Would you not agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we, if we come away with a point or a win, that'd be a fantastic result because it takes the pressure off the home leg and less to extent takes the pressure off the um, the Roma away game as well. I think that this, they're very well organised, great defensively. And I think he'll set up very similar to how he did at Tottenham away. I think, you know, I think potentially you could have, you know, kind of like a... Because that, that formation went really, really well and stopped Spurs' offensive players. And it's Conte's done, mm. you know, his Champions League record is okay. It's not, it's not fantastic, but I've absolute faith in him. I think he'll set the team out correctly. I think it'll be, it's a game they can't afford to lose because they can't fall further behind us. I think, you know, a draw, you know, one or draw. I'm going for. I think, I think we'll definitely score. Mm. I think it'll be a draw. I think we'll be, we'll okay. be strong enough, solid enough, okay. not to get beat. Okay, fair enough. Um, Jonathan, what what are you rec- what, what are you going for? You're gonna you reckon we'll get a squeeze a draw out of this, or are you feeling a bit more depressed about this already? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. Uh, I don't know. Let's say one one. Mm, okay, uh, we're all being quite. I think we're being quite optimistic. I think this is a bloody tough match. Uh, I, I, Clayton, I really liked what you had to say actually, which, uh, as I expect you to come out with far more footballing intelligence than I ever do. But I think if we set up like Dan was saying, like we did against Tottenham, like you were saying, so you know, Louise, uh, Kante, and Bakayoko as in the midfield, as it were. I'm just kind of wondering whether he, you know, you, you had a bit of a downer on William, I know, but, uh, and Fabregas, it doesn't seem like his kind of match, but, you know, if you had Fabregas and Hazard behind Morata, I wonder if it might give us a bit more of a cutting edge, and, and if we did, would, would we lose too much defensively by doing that? I, I mean, I don't know enough about Atletico Madrid. Um, I know they work very hard to close you down, and, and that's not... Um, that's not Fabregas. I mean, that that's yeah, where we enough. sort of lose out. I mean, I, I don't really want to be down on him because he's, he's a great player. Um, but it's horses for courses. I suspect he is now, from the way we've set up this season, he appears to be um, our, you know, in our, our best first eleven as far as Conte is concerned. And, and as we've said, we, we trust him implicitly. Um, but I do think that when he does play and we play teams like that we get overrun in midfield um but the the sort of the plus side is is when we do have a break there is nobody who's better than unlocking defenses with uh with those sort of passes one thing i wanted to ask dan actually i i, I saw a tweet on um on saturday night that said that hazard walked off and he looked like he had a right cob on did you see anything yeah like Martin. That? I know, so yeah he was, yeah is it yeah, I mean the minute the minute the full time whistle went, he, he he kind of straight off the pitch. He gave a little kind of half-assed applause to the fans and went straight down the tunnel. Didn't even, you know, engage with anybody. I don't know whether he got clumped or he was just he was just not. He was didn't start the game. But he certainly didn't look particularly happy. You know. I mean, I I I, mm. I just sort of a casual observation. I don't think he's there yet. I think he's, and I think Conte's managing him. Maybe he thinks he's being overmanaged. I I don't know, but. Um, I think it'd be a good game for for Hazard to to sort of to play in on on Wednesday because I think he'll get more protection from the referees than he does here. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
I really am. Yeah, yeah well, me too. I, me, me too. I think it's, I, I really am because for me, this is what European, the European Champions League is all, all about, and it's going to be it's going to be a great match. But uh, I kind of share share your your feelings really. I, I think I think a one one or a nil nil be a great result for us, and I and I say that more in hope than expectation. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break, and afterwards, I've got a few shout outs to give out, which will bore you senseless, but they're all important. So bloody listen. Uh, but more importantly, the dulcet, velvety tones of uh, Sir Jonathan Kidd will be reading out emails from St. Lucia, South Africa, Israel and Angleterre. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football All right, we're back, and uh, we are in the home straight. Uh, I'm afraid. I know how sad it is. You know, Chuckles is weeping in his taxi. Um, I can tell. But anyway, there you go. Uh, so I'll shut up and get on with it, really, because there's lots to talk about. First of all, I've got a few shout-outs uh, for people that um, I like. Uh, to draw your attention to the first um a friend of mine a friend of ours really has mentioned that her nephew who was uh, one of the grenfell tower victims uh, wants to have a one minute applause for their uncle who i presume was affected in the tragedy uh, at the man city game and apparently the club are on board with this and a picture and words to in, uh, have been sent to put in the program all been sent to the club and it'll go on the big screen and and uh, and neil barnett also known as spy Chelsea, who I have to say, when it comes to things like this, are absolutely brilliant. But um, they've invited something like twenty members of his family to the game, and we're uh, and basically, I just want to help advertise the minutes applause. So you know, if you're at the City game, watch out for that, and uh, you know what to do. Um, right uh, on Saturday, actually, before the City game, um, I'm delighted to tell you, if you haven't seen it already, I, I, you know, the Trust put out a. Uh, a piece on the website, but we're going to be uh, finally unveiling the Jack Whitley Memorial, which uh, I presume many of you donated to uh, to get off the ground. Um, now it's being unveiled this Saturday at twelve o'clock at Brompton Cemetery before the City match. Uh, some of Jack's family are going to be in attendance, and they've all been invited to the match as guests of the club. Again, brilliant of the club. Uh, so if you can come along, and uh, once again, many thanks to all those who don- donated to the crowdfunding campaign. We're all very proud of you. Um, now, uh, talking of the club and talking of great things that they do, uh, one of those is the Chelsea Foundation, um, which basically um, works very, very hard in the in the local Chelsea community uh, and does great stuff for charity. Some of which, uh, you know, the supporters kind of nominate and and get their favourite charities involved. Anyway, they're launching tomorrow, I believe. Something called Chelsea 50-50, the big match day draw. Uh, so basically it means that um, whether you're in the stadium or online, you can now win big cash and uh, inside Chelsea experiences, official merchandise signed by first-team players, uh, and it takes place every half-time at home apart from Champions League fixtures. And uh, it's a bit like the old raffle, isn't it? In, in those days, Clayton takes me back, really. But anyway, it costs you £2 for a ticket. Yeah. Uh, and as Yeah, it's a bit like the old raffles, isn't it? You think? Golden goals. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. It takes us back. Anyway, so I'm kind of glad it's, it's kind of a bit old school in a way. But anyway, so you buy, you, you know, you buy buy a ticket for two quid, and you get a chance to win some fabulous prizes. I think uh, the, the the first one's going to be two VIP Champions League tickets for Roma, a uh, Chelsea Roma, including dinner at under the bridge, a signed Alonso home shirt, and part of the overall cash pot uh, that grows with every ticket. Because I think what what they're saying is that fifty percent of the proceeds go straight to the foundation and 50% is, you know, you have a chance to win that from what I understand. So all you have to do, buy a ticket, 50-50 ticket for just two quid at the ground or online, www.5050.chelseafc.com uh, and uh, and there you go. Check for the winning numbers, announce at halftime online or at the ground. Win big or donate trying. I like that. They've done their homework. So anyway support that because it will all go to very very worthy and worthwhile causes um what next oh it's our usual plug for the supporters trust the cpo and cfc uk so i just whiz through these join the trust of course get your voice heard by the club it's five quid to become a voting member free for non-voting members but why would you not want to vote all you have to do is sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com and if you are a paying member you can attend the meetings that we have uh, come to any events that we do, vote on all the issues that affect you and make your voice heard. Follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust and I can tell you exclusively, breaking news, we're having our first special general meeting of the season uh, at the Atlas Pub uh, on October the 21st, on October the 21st after the Watford game. All right, so you will be notified, but I'm telling you right now that's what's going to happen. I think it'll be kicking off at half past Three, that makes sense because the match finishes at half two. Right, CPO. Of course, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners uh, who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea will remain playing at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, and all you have to do about a hundred quid for a share. Email info at chelseapitchowners.com or ch- check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. Follow them on Twitter at pitch owners and last but by no means least the lovely weekly plug for my uh, great friend mr only a pound himself um cfc uk uh there's a i think the latest issues kicking around at the moment it will be out for a few weeks and um you can always get it of course by going straight to uh the stall opposite fulham broadway at home games and if you can't make it there personally you can subscribe online at cfcuk.net and if you're in the US of A, you can follow at CFCUKUSA or get hold of Dan Lundberg on Twitter at DLundberg underscore and they will get you a proper, proper copy. Now, um, I have to admit that I made a heinous error earlier on when I referred to uh, Jonathan Kidd as Sir Jonathan Kidd when, in fact, of course, he has been ennobled. It is, or ennobled if you prefer, and uh, his proper title is, in fact, Lord Kid. Take it away, Jonathan. Thank you very much indeed, Chidge. How lovely to get that mention. Um, just uh, a reference to Russell Saunders, who runs the uh, um, uh, the Chelsea Melbourne branch of the uh, um, of uh, fans. Um, oh, I can't speak English. You know what I mean. Um, he sent me the newsletter, which is completely fabulous. So, uh, Chidge, did you get hold of that? Because uh, I did. Um, he yeah, said he'd I send did. You one. Yeah, it's yeah. The, he has the spec on that. Brilliant. Is just phenomenal. It is brilliant. So, congratulations, Russell. Superb. And I would, I'd ask, you know, if you can get hold of a copy, anybody, or subscribe to it. Bloody hell, it's it's superb. And considering it's all from from Australia, 
I think uh, oh, it's uh, it's superbly done. Anyway, I think so, they should. I think they should make. I, I think, think they should make us honorary members of the uh, the Melbourne Supporters Club, mate. Do you think that? Well, specifically for the amount of publicity we're giving them, yeah. yeah at the same time, but no, <laughs> at the same time, well done, well done over there. Yeah, well done. Well when done we go over, over to Australia, we won't, we, we, I, I Jonathan, be, Jonathan, we we yeah. won't be saying that uh, come Christmas time when they're kicking our butts in the ashes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There should be some interesting um, bants, as it's pronounced nowadays. Mm, bants. Um, good, right. Um, anyway, uh, now the first email uh, is a picture, which uh, with, a, with a couple of lines of dialogue, which, Chidge, you need to explain um, what it is, because it's... Uh, um, I'll read it. You're going to read, the, the, read the dialogue? Um, I'll read the dialogue, and then you can explain exactly what's going on. And I'll just give a vague sketch to start off with. It's um, it's you, Chidge, at a round table, and you're doing the TV version of the fan cast. And next to you is the um, uh, the voluptuous pneumatic um, <laughs> gargantuan-breasted. <laughs> Chidge. Oh, my God. Sophie Rose. And <laughs> so it goes, the email is... It's from um, it's from Kenroy Justin, St. Lucia, West Indies. Chidge, dot, 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 dot. Dude, dot, 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 dot. All I need is an explanation for this picture, dot, 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 dot. You absolute legend. <sighs> well, uh, uh, unlike our, our listeners, uh, I can, I can tell... Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell the listeners who who don't have the benefit of seeing this picture, but I know that the boys who have got a script in front of them all have said picture. I, I'm afraid, Kemroy, there is no there is no explanation, let alone justification for this picture. But uh, I have to say that I'm looking much younger, slimmer, and very good looking in this photograph. I can't speak for the other person who's sitting next to me. I was somewhat distracted at the time. I think that's my only explanation, Jonathan. <laughs> I was next to you, Chidge, on the other side. Oh, were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if I remember. Look, right. I can't yeah. see that funnily enough. Present. No, no, no. Rose between got... thorns. <laughs> yes, but there are a couple of thorns. Oh, yes, yes. very good. A couple of, yes. a couple I mean, of we... very sharp thorns. We should just say, for, for context, because Kenron might not know this, he's probably just found this somewhere online, but. Uh, we did do a TV show uh, for a while, uh, which was great fun. And uh, at that time, I got to know the lovely Sophie Rose, who is actually um, that she has more depth than is at first apparent, you might say. But uh, she's a lovely, lovely girl, and I'm very fond of Sophie. And she was really funny on the show, actually, wasn't she, Jonathan? She was great fun. But I have to say, I forgot about that amazing dress that she's got. It's quite, quite revealing and rather lovely. So there you go. It made a, it made an old man very happy for an evening. Anyway, that's all I can say. I think we should probably move on for points of decency, really, unless you have a riposte. It, it made a lot of old men very happy, Chidge, that <laughs> evening. Um, there were many of us there who were old and happy as a consequence. Um, yes, yes sweet, sweet, very well informed about Chelsea, and um, yeah, she's lovely. Uh, so. Decided to wear, decided to wear that dress but never mind anyway i might um, have an image of that when good. i die and go to heaven that's the might be the last thing i ever see which is probably a good thing oh 
God, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I have to, I have to say, <laughs> if you did anything, it would be having met your wife. That would be the last thing you ever did. Oh, uh, very good point, Clayton. Very, very good point. I think because she's probably listening, we should move on before I get divorced. Yes, 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 yes. But anyway, good luck to her. Good luck to her. Yeah, good luck absolutely. To no, she's lovely. I mean, her. Lovely. Sorry. Get on with yeah. it. Don't be so anyway, sexist. Good. She's very lovely. She's a nice girl. Leave her alone. Moving on. Email number two, Alan Gavering. Earlier this year in May, I wrote an email for the show and Chidge was going to have it read out. But given of a surfeit of emails, he postponed it to the following show. However, Boom. as Chidge was presumably tired and emotional after we won the league at West Brom, my email fell off the script and was never read out. Looking back, I see that at least two of the things I wrote... Oh, gone back to them again. Sorry, No, sorry, yeah. Two of the things I wrote seem strangely prescient, as can be seen in the following extract from the email written in May about Cahill and Zuma. Prescient's a lovely word. It means uh, um, foretelling the future to anybody who doesn't know it. Um, Gary Cahill. I love Gary, and he's been brilliant this season. I don't think there's a closer replacement for JT out there. In so many ways, he's been excellent for us and a smashing guy to boot. But is he right for Conte's back three system? He often looks a bit uncomfortable on the left side of a three. I think he might be happier in the middle, but Louise is better and a complete natural there. Really, I think Cahill is better in a back four, and he doesn't look as comfortable in the system as Louise and Aspie do. Even Ake looks more comfortable in a three than Gary, although Gary is clearly the better player. Will Conte stick with Cahill or feel that an upgrade is needed? Hmm. Kurt Zuma. Like Cahill, the lovable Zuma is another natural for a back four, but he looks even less comfortable in a back three. God knows he's a wholehearted player and one whose development was badly affected by the horrible injury he suffered. But are we looking at a square peg in a round hole? I'm 100% certain that somewhere there is a back four calling out for Kurt Zuma and that he will go on to be a great player for another team. A bit like how Robert Huth became a mainstay and champion at Leicester. But have we seen a young player be found out in Conte's system, or is it too early to say? End of extract. By the way, I also said, this is getting back to the present, they were the past tweet, the past uh, emails. By the way, I also said we should buy Morata or Dybala to play alongside Costa, that Chalabar should be a starter this season, and that we should buy Sanchez or even Carzola, so I didn't get everything right. Anyway, whilst I'm here, I just want to thank you for promoting my charity walk to fight funeral poverty for Quaker social action. After walking around three quarters of London, I'm now on home territory in northwest London with three stages to go to the finish as agnostic £2,000 was raised. Don't quite get that bit. Anyway, many thanks to all of your listeners who have contributed. Keep up the good work, Alan. That's Alan Gavarin, who is at Rootless Cosmo, and he's also Osgood signed my broken leg. You can donate to Alan Gavarin at Rootless Cosmo on Twitter. And as I said, he's uh, walking the capital ring to raise money for Down to Earth uh, at QSA to tackle funeral, tackle hashtag funeral poverty. And you can go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Alan hyphen Gavarin, G-A-V-U-R-I-N to donate. Good. Uh, what do we think of that one, Chidge? He's, uh, he's well, you know, what I said, you know, earlier on, you, you, yeah, well, he has. But, you know, earlier on, I said, you know what? I've read somewhere we were having a ding dong about Cahill and whether 
he was better for a back yeah, three or back yeah. four. And I saying, I've read some, I've read somewhere, you know that, that and that's this is where I read it from. <laughs> I thought I'd read it. <laughs> I thought I'd been really clever and read a blog or something. Actually, it was just Alan's email. But I, I really think he has a valid point. Actually, which is kind of what I was saying earlier on. Really. Yes. Yes. Completely. What no, do you I think? think what right. do the boys um, think of it? I think he's got you know, he's got very good points. He talks a lot of sense um, in terms, of, especially with Zuma. Um, but you know, if there's any a coach that could change your player and improve a player, it's um, it's our man Conte. I think Zuma need, needs a season on loan. Needs to get his fitness levels up, and let's see what Conte can do with him with you know 35 Premier League games in the bag come next season. I think I think he's better than Heath, personally speaking. I think he's a bit more mobile. Mm. A bit, oh a bit, yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he's. I, I think he could become a very good player, in my in my opinion. I think mm. Conte could coach him, definitely, and, and he's getting game time, which is the most important part of these players getting on loans, is to get game time, not to sit on the bench for you know thirty games. Yeah, totally, Clayton. Nothing really to add to that. I think you know we've spoken about Gary Cahill, and I think we might be talking about him a bit more after the next email. So I'll I'll keep my powder Ooh, okay. dry. Okay. Oh, oh yes, so we have. Well, that's a good one. Should we should we move on then, Jonathan? Yes, yes. I keep accidentally scrolling to that picture. Oh, God. <laughs> funnily enough. You're going to have to put it up on Twitter, or not as the case, maybe. Yes. Well, this you know, you know. Grant I mean, I hope you realise. Sorry, before you do, John, I, I, I hope you realise yeah. I, I actually yeah. made it quite small uh, because I didn't want to excite you too much. Too late. Okay. He's got his, he's got his eyeglass out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not that small. Everything has it? to be very. No, no, it, it is quite small, but I have everything has to be uh, everything. <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's carry on Grant up the podcast tonight, Get, folks. Carry on up the Kyber. In, in, in. Oh, in for me, in for me. They've all got it in for me. Or, or as we should say, yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Anyway, this is from um, this is some Grant Mowat. Um, hello, you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. Grant Mowat from South Africa. I love it. I love South Africa. Brilliant. Good evening to Chidge, JK and the gang. First of all, I'd like to send my thanks and gratitude to you all for doing this podcast week in and week out. It's our pleasure. It really delights me to get fans' perspective from the stands of Stamford Bridge and to hear the insights and informed opinions from informed supporters. I don't know what you're talking about, Grant. We, I know nothing Not about us, it. Then. I'm just Can't making be us. Yeah. It can't be us, no. Um, my dad and uncles are supporters of Chelsea, and ever since I saw that beauty of a goal from Robbie Di Matteo in the FA Cup final, so am I. Oh, lovely goal. My email is really about the flack that the people from We Are The Shed are getting from other so-called supporters. Let's look at the dictionary definition of what a supporter actually is. A person who is actively interested in and wishes success for a particular sports team politician, country, etc. I think the phrase wishes success is the important bit. These Cahill haters are the very antithesis of a supporter and they're creating divisions among the fans. 
the fact that these people want to see Cahill make mistakes and have bad games on the pitch so that they can hurl abuse at Gary shows they're not supporters at all. The we are the shed people have been bombarded with messages of stinging criticism by these people for their good work at making Stamford Bridge buzz again. The we are the shed people have created a space for fans to create an atmosphere at Stamford Bridge. And because of their and other fans initiatives and contributions, Stamford Bridge is becoming one of the most festive and noisiest stadiums in the Premier League. So thank you to We Are The Shed and thank you to the supporters who are in the majority who wish success for our beloved Chelsea. Here's my message for those so-called supporters. You will never love every player that will wear a Chelsea shirt. I never particularly enjoyed seeing Solomon Kalou or Oscar on the team sheet. Did I want them to have an awful game? No. Did I seek other supporters who had a different opinion to me and wished them ill? No. I wished my team success and shared my joy with other fans when our team did have success. Of course, people are going to have different opinions to you. That's life. Agree to disagree and get on with it. Support our team. If that doesn't suit you, then there are a few clubs in North London that are the perfect fit. Chelsea is the best club in the world, so bloody well support them. Thanks for everything. Up the Chelsea. Grant Mowat, South Africa. Very good. Very passionate. Very emotional. Good Good email. Lovely. I mean, Dan, Dan I just to jump in here. I mean, it was. I have to say, you know, it was a brilliant, brilliant email, mate. Thank you so much. You absolutely hit the nail on the head. Um, of course, Dan, Dan, and I know Richard, who runs We Are the Shed very well, don't we, Dan? Because he's on the he's on the board, yeah. Chelsea Sports Trust board with us. And I, and I have to say, you know, the, the effort and the work that he goes in to helping to create um, a, a better atmosphere at Stamford Bridge is 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 only to be applauded. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just a load of arse gravy. People criticising it; they're doing it because they have their own issues, frankly. But, I mean, the interesting thing is is that, you know, we, we've got the membership survey coming out, haven't we, uh, soon, Dan? And, and in there, yeah. uh, people have actually, who have filled in the survey, have said how much better the atmosphere is. And, and Richard and We Are The Shed are, are very much part of that, aren't they, Dan? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've, the amount of work they get into, you know, they don't just appear these banners. They spend time, effort, money, making the same look fantastic. And, you know, you've got the... I think the email about, you know, you might not like every single player but you support the club is should be the the motto for everyone. You know, you don't like Gary Cahill? So what? Get behind the club. You don't like whoever? Get behind the club. Support the club. Forget your stupid, pathetic, you know, validation on Twitter by wanting to, you know, have a go at one of our players. And I'd say, looking at some of the, um, the history of these uh, so-called haters, I wouldn't necessarily say they're all... Um, been anywhere near Stanford Bridge anytime recently. They just, you know, the, these guys work really hard, tirelessly, free of charge to make Stanford Bridge a great place. Give them credit, pat them on the back, and thank them very much. Don't criticise them. If you want to criticise, go and sit at the Emirates and get taken over by Germans. <coughs> yeah, well, there we go. Well said, Dan. Passionate as always. Um, time is running short, JK. So, should we have Yaren's email? Yarin Levi, Leave, Levy, sorry. Love, um, lovely guy, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, 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 yes. yes he, he, he mentions he you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi, Chidge, JK and all the rest. I'd like to share a short story with you about my last visit in London for the Arsenal game. I'll try to keep it as short as I can to make sure JK won't lose his voice for the next emails. Oh, 
very sweet of you, but my voice tends not to be lost. Um, I came with my 15-year-old brother and my, my mate Reuven both came to London for the first time. So I've been their tourist guide. Reuven was born and raised in Ethiopia, moved to Israel when he was 17 years old. After nine months of learning Hebrew, he joined the army. He's been a Chelsea fan since he was 10 years old, so it was his dream to watch a game live at the bridge. He doesn't speak English, so he needed to go with someone, so I offered him to join our supporters club, and that's how we managed to get tickets. I must say that maybe it wasn't the best idea to watch the London Has Fallen film on the flight to London. <laughs> I planned to take them both to the stadium tour first thing in the morning of our first day, Friday. We arrived at Earl's Court Station to catch the tube to the bridge. On our way to the platform, I immediately recognised Mr Bobby Tambling and asked him for a picture. After two to three minutes waiting for the Wimbledon train, a member of staff told us the train won't, won't be there for the, next, for, for the next hour and a half. I'll try to catch a taxi, said Bobby, and offered us to join him. I assume he had no problem paying for, to pay for us too. Anyway, he couldn't find a taxi, so we started walking towards the bridge and had a chat with him. He told me he currently lives in Ireland and he came to have lunch with some other former players like Ron Harris and others. I told him we're from Israel. He told me about the time when he came to Israel with Chelsea for a pre-season tour. He said they had a lovely time there. He was also interested to hear about our supporters club. And later on, we started talking about the game. I think we'll win 2-1 and Morata will score, he said. I predicted 3-0, but never mind. Then we started to talk about Costa. He said he loved him, but he's just too hard to handle. Although in person, he's a lovely guy, completely different to how he acts on the pitch. I couldn't agree more with him. We then talked about the differences between him and Morata. I told him something a bit controversial. Morata reminds me of Torres with his runs and, in general, the way he holds himself. Costa and Morata are very different players. Costa can bully defenders and he's got very good hold-up play, while Morata is a striker who loves to play on the last man. You know your football, he said, and I started to blush. I was also very interested to know what he thinks about our policy with young players. He agreed it was very disappointing and added that Chelsea is a club who want immediate success. He said something like, if they need a centre-back and they know they can buy someone that can do the job, they will. Younger players need time to develop, he said. While walking, we saw a lot of police cars and ambulances driving past us with their sirens on. We didn't know what it was all about, but later on, we found out what happened. It was disappointing that the club closed the megastore and the stadium tour and museum. I can understand the decision, but it's still disappointing. I'm pretty sure if it was in Israel, zero shops would be closed after that kind of incident. But it maybe it's because our country is very much used to it, unfortunately. Anyway, at least we managed to have a lovely chat with a true Chelsea legend, take pictures with him and get some autographs on photos he brought with him in his suitcase. Sadly, the game wasn't as we expected. So now I've no doubt that I'm a jinx. I've got a dreadful record, but I still can't help it. I have to come at least twice a year. It was nice to sit down with Dan Silver for a pint at the Cock Pub. Disappointing you weren't there, Chidge, but there is always next time. I'm sure you've already talked about the Stoke game, but I would only say that despite winning 4-0, I don't think we were at our best. At 2-0, they pressed us very well, and we were a little bit lucky to stay with 10 men and not to concede a penalty. What was Cahill thinking? We'll have to play way better to get something out of Atletico. I can't wait for Wednesday as we're meeting to watch the game in a pub in Herzilia, not very far from Tel Aviv. I added some pictures we have with Bobby and some pictures I took after the game with Dave and some more players. Until next time, keep it blue and Chelsea. 
from sunny Israel, Yarin. There's a picture of Bobby. There's a picture of, uh, I think it's that, Christensen. Yep. There's a picture of Bobby again. And there's a picture of Dave. Uh, and there's a picture of Betshway. So, uh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Well done. Yeah, well, well done, done Yarin. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. He's a good lad. He's a good lad, oh, isn't he, he uh, Dan? Yeah, lovely, lovely guy. I've talked to him quite a lot over WhatsApp. He's a real, really nice Chelsea guy. And he came over for the uh, uh, the game, and he'll come over again probably in March. But you know, love, good, good guy, nice, nice family, and yeah, and the Rubens, lovely guy as well. I didn't speak much English, but you could see the pure enjoyment on his face in the pub that he was going to a Chelsea match. That's kind of, you know, makes it all so special. Just seeing how how excited he was. It's interesting to see how Yarin clearly was stuck outside Fulham Broadway, and he got all these pictures out when the when the cars stop at the traffic lights, and everybody runs up and takes a picture with the player. Yeah. It's uh, it's very cleverly done. I've I've, uh, I've I've been tempted to do that myself, and then I've thought, hang on, I'm a, a very old man. I can't possibly do that. So, uh, so I've left that. Good stuff, anyway, isn't it, Clayton? Good. What it's all about? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, the whole sort of international thing is, uh, I know um, Lord Kidd gets very excited about it, but it really is not to be sniffed at. The the sort of the reach of the fan cast and, and how it's uh, how it affects people all over the world. And, and they keep in touch by listening to the fan cast. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely superb. Yeah, yeah no, it was a great email. Um, I like the photos. Obviously not quite as exciting as the first photo, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> all good all good um i i just personal message to yarin yes i apologize for not being in the cock pub uh, before the arsenal game but because they uh insisted that we get there so early and because i had lots to do in the morning i didn't get there in time to really come and pop in and have a pint but uh, let me know when you're coming over next time yarin and i will buy you a pint i promise uh brilliant emails everybody brilliant brilliant reading by his lordship uh lord kid of course well done jk uh and of course we love receiving them so uh, we'll always try and read them all out even if it means the show's four hours long as you know so send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before monday and uh somebody sent me one that uh, kind of just missed the cut so i promise uh if you were listening out this week i will make sure it's first up next week all right scouts honor right i'm afraid that that is all we've got time for this week uh don't forget to download the kerry dixon show on thursday when kerry and i will be looking back at the stoke and the atletico madrid matches and we'll be previewing the match against man city this saturday now we'll be back next monday at seven o'clock and i'll be joined by jk and mystery guests until I do the next schedule. But uh, they'll just have to be mystery until next Monday when you'll find out. Uh, now, uh, just a quick shout-out. Don't forget that we have joined this thing called Patreon. So, um, you know, that means you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron. Patron? Some say patron, I say patron, whatever. And help us cover the cost of running two shows a week and continue to produce what we believe is a unique podcast on all things Chelsea. Please feel free to donate whatever you want per show, per month at www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. You don't have to donate anything. We just do it because we love it anyway, really. Uh, but somebody suggested it was a good idea, so I did it. Um, now, uh, I should just say very quickly before we go that you can follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and Dan at DanSilves73. And, of course, check out the website, ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, many thanks to the bloggers that uh, write for us, keep them coming. And I have to say, Clayton, I don't know if you've had a whiz around it recently, but massive, massive thanks to Gion for 
you know, basically taking it all over and making a cracking job of it so far. Yeah, no, it's all very good. Um, I haven't contributed anything for a while. I shall put that to right fairly shortly. But um, I was, I was, the, I was the boy with the finger in the dike last year, wasn't I? I was, I was the, the sole contributor. Was, no, you were. There were some from Martin as well. There were, there were some from Martin. Yeah. But no, it's great. It's, um, it's nicely populated. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I mean, you know, thank you for reminding me of that because I should have actually had the grace to have said that. But you were pretty much the lone contributor last year and you write brilliant blogs and I really do appreciate it. I think that with the new regime, um, what would be lovely is the likes of you and and Ken and Martin. It takes the pressure off you somewhat. But, you know, if you could do one just once a month, that would be lovely because I just love the way that you write. And I think, you know, putting your stuff in there on top of what Keon's doing would be the cream on the top, mate. Oh, you old smoothie. Okay, I will do. I am indeed. Okay, there we go. It worked. It worked. Um, And I think before I go, I should uh, just clarify for reasons of not being sued or slapped when I next see her. Um, I would just like to say that, of course, that photograph of Sophie when she was on the Chelsea Fancast, I mean, it was was us what discovered her, really. And uh, she went on to greater things with Chelsea Fan TV and the lovely Rory, and she's still doing that, and she does very well. She is a lovely, lovely girl, I have to say. She she enlightened uh, and brightened up our lives when she was on the the Fancast, and I miss her, and she's lovely. So please don't be offended by any of the naughtiness that we said earlier. It was all provoked by a very rude picture. No, not a rude picture, a picture that was real because it was off the telly. I'm getting myself deeper in a hole instead of digging myself out of it. So I think it's best time to go. Um, Jonathan, as always, uh, lovely to have you on the show, dear boy. It's been uh, joyous but difficult because of this delay that we've had everybody at home. It's been I know. a delay. Um, so every time that the Chidge speaks and I reply, there's about a four-second pause when, when you think is he listening what's going on but we've done well considering that we've had this delay but thank you no it's been good fun very good show with uh, with the two eminent guests as always so well done guys terrific indeed i think we'll call it a dramatic pause for you jonathan i've just uh, also had a mix of post from andy silverman who said yes that about sophie she's a good friend and she's a lovely lovely person is our sophie's absolutely spot on uh she's welcome back anytime on the show so there you go dan um as always, great, great to have you on the show. Um, we've had you for the whole show this time, which is even better. Yeah. No, cool. No, it's good to be on. Great show. No, another another fantastic two hours talking about the best club in the world. Lovely. I'll see you on Saturday, hopefully, for a pint or two, mate. Uh, and I hopefully we'll, will. Uh, we'll see... Uh, yeah, great stuff. Hopefully I'll see Clayton for a pint or two on Saturday as well. It's been great having you on the show, mate. Always a pleasure uh, having you on. Absolutely loved it it's really really missed being on um and i've really enjoyed it so uh, i look forward to coming back uh, when invited uh, you have my dates you have my availability yes you, you know you get your people Shed- to get your your people to speak to my people i will well the schedule's out uh, will be out this week so that you'll know soon enough great All stuff right. i've really enjoyed it tonight it's been Good great stuff. fun great to have everybody uh, in mixler with us as well love your comments don't read them all out but i do read them all if you see what i mean Time to go. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. 
Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.